0: Welcome to Critic Apocalypse episode 173. I think. Uh, what's the number? 172. Ugh. Spooky season is upon us, and it's Halloween. Tis the night of Halloween. The very night that Michael Myers, star of I Married an Axe Murderer and Shrek, goes around stabbing people in Hattonfield, and no one does anything about it.
1: Haddonfield.
0: Haddonfield? Yeah, Haddonfield. That's not a real place. No, it's, it's a fake place in Illinois. Oh, right, no, Hattonfield's a real place in Illinois, and that's where Michael Myers, famous actor, star of several films, including Cat and the Hat, and Love Guru, murders several people every year, and they just let him do it, because they can't stop him.
1: Because for one night a year, all crime is legal.
0: <laughs> anyway, welcome to episode 172 of Critical Apocalypse. It is our spooky, spooky episode, so we're, out. we're going to do something a little bit different. Yeah. We're going to do do a quick couple of chats, couple no. of catch-ups. So, uh Dune's getting a sequel. Don't care. Cool. That's all the news yeah. I've got. Hey, <laughs> Marvel's moved a bunch of shit out back. They've changed dates and stuff. Not much else has happened. Mm. Uh, we're still look,
1: aiming for 15 Marvels per fiscal Marvel.
0: Whatever. I don't fucking care. She-Hulk. We're getting our first, first trailer for that in 12 yeah. days. Uh, Hawkeye's still looking pretty good. Hawkeye's looking like a Shane Black film. Not just because it's set in Christmas, but because it has a sense of humour. But it's also based on that comic that I've read multiple times that I have downstairs. Both, I think I've got both the first set where the life is a weapon stuff, and then I've got the second series which has, um, which has uh, his protege as the Is main it game. I
1: Hate Mondays by Garfield? Is that yeah. the comic it's yeah. based yeah. on? That's, what, that's yeah. what it's based on. That's what yeah.
0: it's based on. A cat that eats lasagna and gets diarrhea. Lasagna cat. Lasagna cat. Um, so, before we get to the reviews, we should have a quick chat about horror movies, because it's the spookiest It's the species.
1: Yeah, but it won't be while the time this episode goes up.
0: Yeah, but it's still on Halloween. We're still celebrating Halloween horror. So, I thought we'd have like a quick chat and we'd just speak about our favourite horror movies. Just for a second. Just for a second, we'd interact outside oh. of the format... And don't, don't you dare do an autistic doctor on me. I've watched every episode of the show, and I would break you out of it now. Think about your dead brother that fell off of the pipe. Yeah. <laughs> That's how that actually happens in that series. Sweet. <laughs> um, autistic Doctor on Fox. It's not cool, Autistic Doctor. No, it's good, The Good Doctor. Sorry. The Good Doctor starring Freddie Highmore on Fox uh, but yeah no um, so we're going to talk about quickly our favourite horror movies if that's okay if you're okay to do that and I, I asked you I said to you I mean you're going to talk about I said to you about three hours some horror movie I said to you about three hours ago I'm going to be too highbrow for you that's the thing okay all yeah, right. well yeah. you go first then no no you know, go I'll... first you go first okay we'll show you, show you so I am going to talk about something that I love uh, that is a cheesy fucking nightmare most people I think dismiss it because it is a remake and that is of course 1988. Can you guess what it is, Aunt? It's a remake. Well, remake, it? 1988.
1: Yeah. Horror movie.
0: Yeah. Think about it, what they is like it?
1: There are remaking horror movies in 1988.
0: Yeah, there are. It's, of course, The Blob. Oh, The Blob? The Blob, yeah, yeah. written by one Frankie Darabonte. Did you know that Frank Darabonte wrote it? Yeah. Yeah. He directed and it. He didn't? Yeah, he just directed it. Frank Darabont didn't direct... the Blob blob remake. No, he didn't. He He wrote it.
1: He did that. Shortly after he did the Blob, he did um, another film, then Shawshank Redemption.
0: I can't get rid of the page I've got for the game in a second. So, the Blob 1988... Yeah, so the Blob 1988 has one of my favourite taglines of all time, uh, which is a really lengthy one, but it's in the trailer and it's on one of the posters. I think it's on the Italian posters so it looks even more highbrow and excellent. But uh, the the, uh, tagline goes, if it had a face... You could look it in the eye. And I always liked the idea that it's just like, somehow, any of the monsters that have gone before the blob, a gelatinous, like, tiny monster that grows as it eats, could be reasoned with. This is, of course, the 1980s when we had Freddy Krueger, who couldn't be reasoned with. We had Jason Voorhees, Mikey, Michael Myers, Mikey Myers, Michael Myers. Mike like, Myers. Oh, Mike Myers. But yeah, like... It... Different
1: person. Star of So I Married an Axe Murderer.
0: No, that's Michael Myers. He wears the William Shatner mask. Oh, Tells yeah, jokes yeah. on TV. Oh, yeah. He's in Glorious Bastards. Yeah. 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 Yeah, you're thinking of Michael Myers, the star of Shrek, but only the sequels. He's basically done all the bad films that have the Michael Myers name attached to them. Canadian. Technically Scottish. Uh, but yeah, like... Miss all... Dad's Scottish. I thought he was born in Scotland.
1: Yeah, he was. Well, he lived in Scotland when he was young. He was born shown. in Scotland. Yeah, we just
0: judge. like uh, just like Donald Trump. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh so yeah, um the Blob. It's a fantastic remake. It it does a lot of really interesting things technically with special effects and things like that. And and overall, I think that it does improve the original idea cuz whilst the original is fantastic it has Steve McQueen in it in a starring role um the problem with the original is that it, it's black and white and they they sort of, they did what they could at the time, but they couldn't really show gore to the extent that they showed in the 1980s one because there's some fantastic gore scenes in that uh in, in particular I, in the I've first got the blob in the, first, the original first, film
1: yeah I've got it on v h s yeah I've got the original blob with Steve McQueen yeah. And I it's mean, good. if you got a VHS machine, I can show you A yourself. VHS machine? Yeah.
0: Might as well be a fucking time machine at this point. I mean, if you wanted to watch it, it's um, it's not good. No, it's not great. Like you just a, said it's good. It's, it's very... Liar. Well, no, no. It, I it think before. it's a good film, but it's very po-faced, and it doesn't really lean into the cab, and it doesn't have a lot of... No, the original? Of yeah. No, the original's like all those
1: 1950s films. Yeah. It's endless scenes of cops and Shooting men and stuff, in suits. And, uh, the, no, yeah, they talk like, to each other and they freeze about it. endless crap, and then and then there's a blob attack. Yeah, and they freeze it. Like, every now and again. It's not... There's, you haven't seen it. You need to watch it. And there's a guy in a field gets one on his hand. Yeah. Like it in the 1988s. And then someone pushes some blobs through. So anyway, through the blob is my
0: recommendation. It's gory. It's fun. It's a, it's a technical marvel for the time. And I think that a lot of people haven't seen it. Like, I don't think it's the most popular or one of the most popular films to watch. And a lot of people, you know, dismiss remakes. Same year we had The Fly. Oh no, that was 86, wasn't it? Fly. Yeah.
1: Maybe.
0: I think The Fly was 86 and I think that was uh, The Thing 84.
1: Yeah, The Thing's nine eighty four.
0: Yeah. Um, but yeah, fantastic film. And um, what is your horror movie recommendation for the spookiest season?
1: Uh, um, Paranormal activity. Just... What's the horror movie the kids watch today? Fortnite? Fortnite, <laughs> Fortnite, yeah. Um, no, um... Like seriously, know, I've, I've, I've seen horror movies that will make you cry, like um the the thing. I can see that over there. Um, I've got Resident Evil somewhere. There you go, you like Resident Evil, don't you?
0: Resident Evil is one of those films that if I'm drunk, I really want to watch Resident Evil, and then about fifteen minutes into Resident Evil, I get bored of Resident <laughs> Evil. The films.
1: I saw that in the cinema.
0: So uh, I did not. I did not. Yeah. I saw the sequel in cinemas. No. Oh. I was too young to see the original.
1: What, you're trying to force me to talk about horror movies.
0: Yeah, I just want you to give like one recommendation of something that you think may- people. It, it doesn't matter if it's popular or not. It's just something that you think that around horror uh, Halloween it would be a good recommendation.
1: I don't know, man. Uh, I've seen uh, Oni Barber? what or Kuroneko, what? No, I'm talking about some horror films. What you. What about um, directed by Chuck Russell? The Blob, by the way. Haxum. What? I'm giving you some prime horror movies. Oh, okay. Onibaba and Kuroneko are two Japanese horror movies from the 1950s.
0: For everyone out in the audience, that's
1: hentai. Yeah. And Hacksum's a Swedish horror movie from uh, 1923... Oh, cool. ...21? What happens movie? in Hacksam? Uh Lots of devils worshipping and summoning and witches. It was banned for decades. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah it's Even though it sounds film. like
0: just a normal Saturday night. it was a,
1: It's a Swedish film, so it's full of nudity and violence.
0: <gasps> My two favourite
1: things. I can recommend you some proper films. Or, you know, just... Just fucking watch it. I Know What he Did Last Summer or some shit I don't fucking know Have you seen I Know What it, he Did it, Last it, Summer Once Once was enough It's not a very interesting film no. Why are well, they doing a new Jeepers Creepers film
0: Oh right yeah. Victor
1: so... Silver's getting the money from that No He's a, he's a pedophile he's a... Yeah but he got to direct like three more Jeepers Well I he know. got to direct all the Jeepers Creepers yeah. films after having been to jail for for
0: fucking kids and filming it Yep Yep like, That's right That guy is a fucking pedo
1: and he shouldn't be allowed to work that's the scariest thing from Jeepers Creepers. Yep. Um ones suck.
0: <laughs> yeah, they do. They do. Um, yeah, there is a new Jeepers Creepers. I don't know what's going on with it. I don't know what they're doing with it. Like, It's completely detached from that director and that original series. I think they've even redesigned the monster and stuff, but it's still just create a new monster. Is it all point. about um, how Jeepers Creepers got his peepers? Jeepers, creepers, where'd you get those pedos? Um, peepers, his eyes. <laughs> oh, oh, peepers! His eyes. Because I was going to say, from prison, his cellmates. He gets his eyes from the kids. Bro. That's what he would have had him do.
1: I would have had him stealing eyes from the kids. Oh, right. And he kills them, he rips their eyes out. Yeah. And then... And then he makes cream And then it. someone finds him in his lair. Yeah. And they're like, jeepers, creepers, where did you get them peepers? And then he's all like... Bum,
0: bum, 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 bum would we'll just be set in the fifties. No, because they sent cheapest Creepers. Kids, kids say Jeepers.
1: This is written by George Lucas. Oh, okay.
0: So of course <laughs> this say... is written by George Lucas. So a black man comes in drinking grape soda because <laughs> I ain't one of your fly boys.
1: We drink purple stuff. <laughs>
0: Fucking George, George Lucas. I feel like I'm the right person to write a film about the around around the Tuscany Airman.
1: He got a child to say "Wowee" in 1999.
0: <laughs> yes, he <it> did. <laughs> I know I'll spin spinning's a good trick <laughs> fucking idiot um okay right, we've well, 10 minutes on this yeah sorry sorry so that's 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 oh, the no, obligatory thinking... devil worship out of the way um and this week's game because we play a game every week oh, now for fuck's sake really yeah it's gonna be a quick one so I'm gonna give you 10 taglines yeah, for 10 dinner. horror films and you're gonna guess the horror film okay when am I gonna get my dinner <laughs> eventually um alright so we're gonna start <clears throat> I'm gonna give you a test one that you'll definitely know right um, in space, no one can eat ice cream. No, that's uh, Killer Klowns from aspects. It is indeed. All right. So, as your test one, so you ready for the? You ready for the next one? Hmm. All right. You ready? Ding dong, you're dead. What? Ding dong, you're dead. Ding dong. <laughs> Ding dong. Is
1: that something starring Leslie Crowthers? No, it's not. No, I
0: will give you. I'll give you a hint. It is the beginning of a trilogy. Oh. Um, that, really, it, that really clears it up. It wasn't well known in um, in America. I think they didn't do very well there. But there is also a Japanese film from 1977 that has the same name, but in Japanese. It's a big orange cat on the poster for the Japanese film. No, it's no idea. Garfield. No, it's House. House. You know, House. Oh, House. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, all right. You, know, you ready for the next one? Sometimes no. dead is better. Oh, that's
1: Return of the Living Dead.
0: No, it's pet cemetery. pet cemetery. Pet Cemetery. Pet oh, Yeah, so know. that's too wrong. I was supposed to know this. Why are you assuming I know these? All right. I'm going to give you an easy one now. Okay. I'm going to give you an easy one now. <laughs> I'm going to give you an easy one oh, now. How do I remember the taglines from any films ever? Herbert West has a very good head on his shoulders. That's Reanimator. There we go. All right, you got one. I know the character Herbert West. Okay, here we go. That's what so I remember from the films. This the is a lines. sequel to a very, very highly regarded horror film, okay? Things are about to get a little hairy. Is it the,
1: the, the Thing too?
0: No, do you want to say it again? What? Do you want to do it again? No. Things are about to get a little hairy. It was a delayed sequel to a very famous technically marvelled horror movie uh, no idea? you don't want to even give it a guess? there's a scene on the moors
1: oh is this a sequel to um, The Wicker Man? no it's American oh. Wealth in Paris oh I don't care about that because it's John Landis <laughs> apparently... he's a terrible humor more of him later <laughs> uh, trapped in time surrounded by evil low on gas Mate, trapped in time, surrounded by evil, low on gas. Yeah. That's space truckers.
0: No, no, you know this one. Again, it's a, it's part of a trilogy. What? Probably one of your favorite horror movie trilogies. What? Oh, it's Army of Darkness.
1: Army of Darkness? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Sure. <laughs> okay, so here's. I thought all the taglines for those films were just groovy. <laughs> this...
0: this is number six, All right. So you've got, you've got all two right. so far. All right. This doll is killer.
1: I mean that's going to be child's play it
0: is indeed or Annabelle or
1: what's the other one like, that was the film, that was the a killer doll the little boy one Brahms oh yeah Brahms the boy, the boy Brahms. too yeah <laughs> uh, is that part of the same universe as Annabelle no it's not in the con- no, it's not in the no. conjuring box that we got to no. work we've got no. a conjuring the nun is the nun's
0: part of that universe okay you ready ready here they grow again attack of the killer tomatoes no are you uh, another guess is a sequel to a very famous Christmas movie
1: Oh, is it... Wait, you're going to say it's Gremlins 2, but it's not. It is. No, Gremlins 2 tagline was We're Back.
0: No, these are international taglines as well. Oh. So here they go again. Was So you've got, you got 4 out of 7... It was We're Back the tagline to the first Gremlins, which was really confusing. You're thinking, of the, you're thinking of We're Back a dinosaur story. Yeah. Three left to go. Oh, all right, you ready? When the lights go out, the terror begins. I actually know that. You're not going to get that one. Um, okay, sleep all day. Oh, just... Do you want to take a guess? For a bonus point? (laughs) 2. No, it's Alone in the Dark. Oh! (laughs) Yeah, that's a cinematic masterpiece. (laughs) Sleep all day. Party all night. Never grow old, never die. It's fun to be, eh? it's the Lost Boys. It is indeed. Alright, well done. You're doing well on these five out of eight. Alright, whoever wins, we lose. Oh, that's Amy's (laughs) vs. Yes, it is! Seven out
1: of nine. Mm, That's not a horror movie. (laughs) I mean, it's a horror of a movie.
0: But. Okay, you ready? This is this is for a comedy <coughs> horror. You're not going to get this Shaun one. the Dead. I don't think you're going to get this one. Great trilogies come in freeze. <laughs> that's, that's, that's probably the funniest thing about this movie. <laughs> great trilogies come in
1: freeze? <laughs> yeah. Is it even a trilogy? <laughs> it is, yeah. Because it's only funny if it's not a trilogy.
0: It's, it's the third movie in a trilogy.
1: S- s- scary movie?
0: It's scary
1: movie free! There's f- ten of them you got 8 um, There's 815 eight scary 10. movie films.
0: you got 8 out of 10.
1: Oh, great. That's 15 Well done. Minutes.
0: So you passed. You won't die tonight. And you're your reviewing first. Someone
1: traded in was... a copy of... Um, what's that film where they if you die in the game, you die for real? <laughs> Stay Munez. Alive? Yeah. That classic? Yes, Frank Muniz is in it With a quite PlayStation quite nice. 1
0: controller on the front cover, but they play an, on PC. I think it
1: was a PC. I don't think it was a PlayStation 1. I think it's an Xbox pad or something. I don't know. Well, it was some generic thing.
0: They might have changed it, updated it for, mm. you know, because it's... A uh, generation. Yeah. joy-con. Yeah. Yeah. Frankie Muniz had a stroke in real life after being in that film. Oh, good. With a bunch of micro-strokes. And really? that's kind of how his character almost dies in the film. Yeah. So maybe... Is that why you don't see him often nowadays? <laughs> He's a race car driver now. What? Yeah, he, he drives race cars. No, I don't like
1: that. In, like, NASCAR. No. no, he did that film about delivering pizza. Did he? Yeah. Yeah, it was a film where... Was it the one... It's not the one with a. The... Kid has the bomb strapped to him.
0: Agent Cody Banks?
1: No, he did that. But he, he did one where he was a pizza delivery guy. I can't know what it's called. But not the one where Jesse Eisenberg, when he's got the bomb on him.
0: And Aziz Ansari. Yeah, and, not, that uh, one. not that one. Who plays the brothers in that? It's uh, Danny Pride. It's an alright film. Although it was based on a real-life incident. Yeah. Someone actually that happened to it. Yeah, hilarious. And died. Yeah,
1: hilarious. Uh. That time Zach Efron blew up on CSI.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> that was hilarious.
0: <laughs> um... But yeah, so we review stuff and things. Usually oh, 15 like minutes. Again, just, just telling just us what go, seventeen go minutes and in. Just review thing. Oh, that's first, fine.
1: That's anyway. I saw Halloween Kills. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've not, watched this
0: again since last watching it.
1: Yeah, it's not great. No, it's not. No. Um, like th- all, this is what happens in the film. Um, Laurie dies and everyone. Tonight. Laurie and everyone gets to the hospital. There's a mob, yeah. and then uh, Michael Myers is alive at the end. That's that's it. That's, that's all that happens. That's the only plot points. No, there's other points in there. There's not other plot points. There's yeah, no there other is. plot points. It's a holding circle. It's, a, it's the filmic equivalent of... You know the bit in Die Hard 2 where the planes have to keep circling? Yeah. Because they can't get to the finale until an hour and a half into the film? Yeah. Yeah, it's that. It's this that. The whole film is that. It's a holding circle because they're going to make a third one and they don't really have any direction for it and they're trying to make out it's all happens on the longest night that's ever existed. Yeah. And there's a mob chasing Jason, they want to hunt him down, or for Michael. Mm-hmm. And now, even though he only killed, did one, like a couple of murders, 40 years ago, I mean, I'm sure, this is America, there's probably been like, at least 10 mass shootings, that have done more damage, than one guy with a knife. Yeah, absolutely. Like, in the, it, it kind of falls apart, this sort of thing, when they say it's such a big, nasty thing that happened 40 years ago, that haunts the entire town, and looms over it, when it's America. Because chances America. are, because chances are the schools had more murders than freaking than Michael Myers has. Like, just, sorry Americans, but your your country shoot each other a lot,
0: all the fucking time, all guys. the time. Yeah, all really, the just like, stop it. You keep saying like Second Amendment right is your right, but you can't be trusted with guns. But no, then, no, no, the guy with
1: the with the freaking Kirk. The last one worked The Halloween
0: 2018 Worked as a sequel Because it questioned Everything that happened In the old Halloween It was like He isn't really after Laurie He just wanted to go home Yeah he just wants To murder stuff But in this one It's all like Oh yeah he
1: wants to Go and stand at his window And stare out his window again But then he also Just goes off And murders things like if Michael Myers wanted to get to his house and stand in the window, he would just go straight to his house and stand in the Except window. Except for Big John and Little John He gets John back John to the house there. a bunch of times. Yeah, Big John and Little John. That's just... the worst
0: bit of script drawing ever. Oh, God. Although, but... although, really positive gay couple in a horror film, got to praise that, the naming convention of Big John and Little John seems weird. Mm. Is that like a joke? Is that like a... Well, one
1: of them's tall and one of them's short.
0: Yeah, I know, but like, is that the joke? Like, it's Big John Little John? Like... Yeah,
1: that's it. The... But is that a joke Danny even? Wrote it.
0: Yeah, no, but Danny McBride's funnier than this. Uh, he is quite funny, uh, like you've seen his banner down.
1: No, couldn't oh, to watch he's it. He's really
0: good in it. Like he's really funny in like this is the end and stuff like that. He knows. Uh, he plays his type.
1: Yeah. Uh, All right. Uh, All right. He seems like a twat. Do you really uh, think? Yeah, so? I'll beat him up. I'm gonna kick his ass. You could not beat him up. I could beat Danny McBride no, easily. Could I could kick. His Firstly,
0: ass. he's got coke strength. Does he? Yeah, he, yeah. He definitely does coke.
1: No, anyway, it's um, it's not great. It has a whole thing where it just keeps going here's some random people and they're doing a quirky thing so you remember them and then they get killed and it's just, the last film did that a bunch of times but at least it stayed focus on the main characters but none of the main characters are doing anything in this. The most proactive character is Judy Greer and her most proactive thing is trying to stop a mod chasing a mentally handicapped person who is a leftover Fred from the previous film who like, kills himself spoilers, and then in one of the saddest fucking scenes yeah. I've ever seen, and then the mob goes, "We're the monsters now." Oh right, well, let's pick up our pitchforks and get back to the mobbing. Recognize their monsters? They just go. No, no, the cop, the, the the guy who's a security guard now used to be a cop. Says, oh, yeah. we the, we've become the he's monsters not, now." He's not in the mob anymore. No, no, he didn't join the he, mob. He
0: just dumped. Well, that's out.
1: because he's really old and he could only. Yeah. they they had to get him to the hospital. He was already at the hospital. That was a real hospital. They just had the actor was already there. Yeah, and then they, made and they him just killed himself. Him. Yeah, not him. Oh, not him. No, no. The sh- the, the, he just killed himself after the guy who was a cop in the first one who left Haddonfield in one of the previous films, but apparently he stayed in this universe. I, uh, when are I've, they
0: going to do the multiversal version <laughs> of Michael Myers? I just want to say that uh, Judy Greer should uh, should really enter into some strongman competitions, because she carried this whole film she should on her shoulders. better films. Well, she's great in this. Like that's the She's we-
1: not going to be in the next Ant-Man film, is she? Apparently no. she's not in it so I'm guessing is she filming the new Halloween instead? Yeah, I mean Well
0: no she's no spoilers Yeah but
1: does that really stop him in a Halloween movie man like No fucking, she is gone like, yeah, that's but, not,
0: like apparently that's like So
1: was Michael Myers' mum in Halloween 2 from Rob true. Zombie That's <laughs> true That's
0: true <laughs> um, So like I liked this I kind of like this a lot more but I like this because I think that I saw it just as like rather than it being a film What is
1: the main character's character arc? Now you have to question who the main character is
0: it's Judy Greer. Is it? Yeah. Is it Judy Greer? Yeah.
1: What does she do over the course of the film?
0: She discovers that like her fight, her mother's fight, isn't necessarily her fight. And then she somehow... Joins a mob. Well, she, she tries to stop the mob. Yeah. Then, then she joins she... the mob. And yeah. then she stops the mob again. But then she joins it again. And then she hallucinates a little girl and goes in a house. Yeah. And that little girl is Daniel Harris's character from Halloween Free, Maybe. Which doesn't make much sense. It's the girl in the clown mask?
1: Isn't I don't know. it? No, Michael Myers wore clown mask when he was a little kid. Was it just little the young boy? Michael Myers? Silly, I was, for some bu- reason, I thought it was Daniel Harris. Silly bumhead.
0: Sorry, um, but yeah, like I saw this just as like part one of Halloween two, sort of thing, because this is it's obviously not. It's meant
1: to be part two of the. Trilogy. I know, I
0: know, I know. I gave it a lot more leeway. I was, you know, nothing happens in this film of significance. Well, he wipes out everyone.
1: You could, you could. Skip this. Go to whatever the third one is, and just have Michael Myers get out that house that's on fire. Yeah, it could be on fire for four years or whatever. <laughs> Michael Myers will just walk out of it. It's fine.
0: I think that this one, this one has definitively said he is a supernatural creature.
1: Oh, is he though? No, they said they said in interviews they don't want him to be supernatural.
0: Yeah, but fuck's sake, that <laughs> ending, like. I actually, so, I would say... Is Paul Rudd going to be back in the next I one? would say, in defence of this, I liked them trying to flesh out Laurie Strode and the sheriff, but, like, not oh, well, making anything. of, thing. of um, I don't know Will if you
1: noticed me. the ridiculous amount of references, not just to visual references, shots recreated, not just yeah. from other Halloween films and Halloween 2. Yeah. But there's even the final scene. We've got to spoil it, fuck it. Um, when Judy Greer gets stabbed at the end, yeah. um, it's shot and edited exactly like the knife scene in Psycho. And I'll tell you why they did that because Jamie Lee Curtis's mum was yeah, triggering Janet, Janet Lee and Judy Greer's playing the mum in this. So they shot and edited the stabbing. Yeah. In a, not that she's in the shower or anything, but it's the same stab cut, stab cut, stab cut. Yeah. Cut to another angle. Oh, the hand comes up, the yeah. knife goes past. And it's like, it's loads of stuff like that. There's loads of shots where they've just purposely recreated shots from previous Halloween films and just to go, you go, hey,
0: hey. I have questions about some things in this film. Ah. Uh, there are some, there are some really gory kills that I kind of liked. I kind of like some of the kills. Never used to be gory in Halloween films. Well, know, but then again, they did it on a micro budget the first one. Yeah, but they didn't
1: intend to make it gory. That was part of the entire thing was they didn't yeah. want to have gore.
0: I didn't mind the gory kills. Um, I think that um, I think that the final little showdown between the mob and Mike Myers, I thought that was interesting enough. I liked it. I like the idea that they that Judy goes him to the ground instantly and he gets yeah bad. like this is the thing like I like I like the fact that they're they're a fucking shit mob first of all because mm. they don't actually kill him the last the last thing that happens is Judy Gris stabs him in the shoulder and then she walks away but in my head I'd be like if I was if I was Lonnie I'd be nailing that fucking knife through his shoulder with that baseball bat he's got I would just be fucking they should have been hard like, hard. Um, like
1: like tying him up to a lowercase case tea. Yeah, and um, putting him on a lawn and setting it on fire, and then yeah. like all the black guys in the, the audience of sort of back the, of the away a little that bit. Die.
0: In honor of them, be like, we got him, guys. Yeah, and then like when the other it'll, neighbors it'll across all the, the black street, people
1: in the mob just like, what the? the fuck Hispanic fuck? people on the other this side of the street some white are just like, shit going on around here, motherfuckers. What the fuck is this Caucasian
0: ass shit? I, I liked the, the final showdown between the mob and Michael. Just because, like... Jimmy
1: Curtis knocked um, Michael Myers' head off in Halloween H2O. Yeah, and,
0: his, yeah, and like, it turned the right out as yeah, uh...
1: The mental patient guy they chase around the hospital, that bothers he's me. He's clearly loads. not Michael Myers. Yeah, I mean, he's like half the hype. But the thing yeah. that really bothers me is that that, that represents a, a missed opportunity plot twist from the previous film. Because the previous film, it mentions multiple times that there's two patients missing. Yeah. One of them's Michael, Where's the other one... And I honestly expected, like, when I watched that film the first time, that there was going to be a plot twist where they find Michael Myers' dead body and it's one of the other patients, mm. one of the nutters in the hospital, who's, like, the one running around killing. Because Michael Myers is, like, 70 yeah. at this point.
0: <laughs> like, I would have liked it even if they justified the way the mob reacted to that person by having him having him turn up with, like, a weapon that Mike Myers is just because. In this series, he doesn't really have any like um, he doesn't really focus on a single weapon. Like the knife is just the biggest thing he could find in that house in the Mm. first one.
1: Oh, he's testing the knives out. Yeah, that was funny. Like and like if he
0: he just if he just drops something that he's used one time, I imagine that like that mental patient sees someone who's on the floor that's been killed, tries to help him, removes the murder weapon. And then realizes what's happened hmm. and then tries to go out and he's holding a murder weapon. And they're like, That's Michael Myers, that's Michael Myers. Well known for wearing a nightgown. <laughs> and instead of them like chasing him so he kills himself, they try and do like a public execution, like they try and hang him. And as they're about to pull the thing, that's when Michael Myers turns up and just cuts through the fucking crowd. Just starts stabbing and breaking and tearing people apart. And they're just too fucking terrified to do anything. Just this force of nature just starts. Grabbing people and tearing pieces, but instead, because it happens in the hospital, that happens midway through the film, and you're just kind of like, "Oh, this felt like it had more momentum," because it literally I mean, is, like, is like within like ten minutes. You've got
1: a really crippling problem here. What you've seen films before?
0: Oh god, that's true. <laughs> if only I was blind. Yeah. Um, Halloween, Halloween kills. <laughs> yeah. I I was I've I was, seen
1: worse. There's worse entries in the Halloween series, oh, but yeah. it's such a big part of nothing. I'm not. <laughs>
0: I just, I, I think that my previous review, I was a little bit, it was roasted into glasses because I knew there was another part coming. So I was treating it like, like I said, it's part one of two for one single last film, but I don't know where they're going to go with the next one.
1: It set, it's set now, it's set 2022 apparently. It's, oh really? Yeah.
0: So it's like he's been missing for a while.
1: Yeah, loads of weirdos are trying to make out because they said it's going to be a post-pandemic sort of setting, like the pandemic's happened in between... And I've, there's probably going to be a line about, oh, everyone wears masks now, and that'll be about it. But loads of people are going to make, oh, they're going to make it about the pandemic. No, they're not. They're just... They're going to just... The thing is, the filming of the third one got delayed by two years Yeah. because of the pandemic. They're yeah. not going to set it on the same night because everyone's aged two years, especially yeah. when one of your actors is, like, already... Pushing the limits of what a sixteen-year-old can look like, mm. whatever her name is. I can't. Remember. She does nothing in this film. No, she doesn't. She joins no. a mob and then people get killed leg around broken.
0: her. She falls downstairs. Yeah, gets a leg broken. Hanging out with Lonnie. Yeah, not great. Not good at all. Also, there's a lot of people in uh, in that place in that town. There's a lot of sixty-year-old men that have teenage sons. Weird. Hmm. Because everyone's like sixty, and they've all got teenage sons.
1: Yeah, well, they all um, went to the movies to see Halloween Six: The Curse uh, of Michael Myers. Yeah, that kids curse. afterwards when they were... That's the real curse. Wait, it would have been, it been uh, No, it would have been um, Halloween, Halloween Twenty. No, one after that.
0: Halloween Resurrection.
1: Yeah, it would have been yeah. that film. <laughs>
0: two thousand four. Yeah. Fuck yeah! What was the uh, line? What's what does no, uh, two thousand and one? What does, does the... he say? What does he say to Michael Myers? Heads up, motherfucker. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he kicks him out of the building. He does, yeah. yeah. Buster Rhymes. Yeah, Buster Rhymes and Tyra Banks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That classic pairing chalk and
1: cheese. It is does hit the horror movie trope when they run out of ideas for sequels and they just let some black people make a, a horror movie. I like the fact that they're just happens like. To leprechaun. You just put some. It does. It happens to all. Put some from, webcams around the place. Yeah, but it happens to all the. This is what happens when the studios run out of ideas. <laughs> Freddy Krueger, though, still mostly killing white white kids. Yeah, yeah, he's an A-lister. You know, they're not like...
0: That's true. But, like, Freddy Krueger was always like... uh, He's a bit like a white supremacist. He's like an anti-white supremacist. He just kills white kids. Hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Freddy Krueger's last name was actually Rodriguez. (laughs) Freddy Rodriguez. Um, But, yeah, Halloween. It's Halloween in the hood. Halloween in the hood! (laughs) Yeah, it's going to happen. Mike Myers will rap. You know what's really funny? Like they shoot him a lot, and he just gets up. Yeah,
1: because supernatural, apparently. I
0: think it must be supernatural at this point. Or he's wearing a lot of body armor. That's a Kevlar jumpsuit for the mechanics that are in like ballistic testing areas. Um, all right. Anyway, so my first review this week is going to be uh, Creepshow series three on what? Shudder. There's
1: been three series of that. Yeah,
0: it's a Spooby TV series where they uh, they have anthologies. Um and after I think it was last year they had a Christmas special that was actually kind of fun. It was all about like uh, this guy thought he was a werewolf, so he joined a group where it was like a bunch of people that were all um, like were were animals, so like there was like a were turtle and a were and a were cheetah and a were warthog and all this other stuff. A were werewolf. And, and a were werewolf. And uh, it was kind of fun and it was it like it genuinely like was was quite good for what the uh, budget must be for each episode. It had Adam Pally starring in it. And, uh, I can't remember the name of the other one. There's a woman in it that's quite famous as well. But anyway, so, um, so yeah, so I was, I was looking forward to this series because, like, they tend to do good smaller stories where they, like, sort of get people like Barbara, Barbara Crampton in. And, like, DJ Quills turned up in the first season. And in this series, they've got Ethan Embry in one. And, uh, and, like, all in all, it's fine, but I don't it's... know
1: people. I mean, I know DJ Quarles, because, you know. Even Embry,
0: the Gus, uh, you, 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 Rusty from National Lampoon's Las Vegas vacation. Or Vegas vacation, it may be. Yeah,
1: that's not. That's,
0: I... you, the lead character in Can't Hardly Wait. What? I'm going to watch that. You haven't seen Can't Hardly Wait. No, can God. Anyway, um, there's six episodes. I think it's six. Um, they're fine uh, there was the last episode is the best in which Michael Rooker plays a, a border crossing guard who does like drug searches and uh, he's a bit of a dickhead but he's like good at his job and this woman's going through and her door seems it really good he's
1: a Ill. decent actor yeah Michael Rooker
0: yeah Michael is fine I like Michael Rooker and stuff um, he always seems to know that he's just being Michael Rooker in another Michael Rooker joint yeah like, he can act. He was really good as Yondu. Like, if you put him in prosthetics, he really does does well. But, like, if he's just Michael Rooker on screen, he's always just playing Michael Rooker. Anyway, so, um basically, he's a border crossing guard. It's the last episode in the series, so, you know, um, I won't spoil what actually happens at the end. I'll just give you an idea of what the story is. Uh, but the bulk of it is a border security crossing, uh, a border crossing guard. He basically sees this girl's ill. She throws up a bunch of pills while she's travelling with her mum and he finds all the medication. And you think like, oh, he's going to take her and he's going to like, um he's going to make sure that she doesn't get through and he's going to be a bit of a dick. But no, he actually tells her how she can get through with the drugs. The only reason he's giving her a bit of a hard time is because this particular crossing is happening with a camera crew because they're trying to do like a thing about how drugs in Mexico cost a fraction of the cost they they are in, Me- in America, even though they literally import all of those drugs. So they are trying to say okay. a little something about stuff. But it turns out the daughter doesn't have, like, a traditional element. Instead, she's like a... I don't know if it's like a, a, a Mayan demon thing, but it's like, basically, her body, her, her spinal column and her head just sort of, like, come off of her body and, like, dripping with goo and all gross. She gets, like, vampire teeth. And she floats around, like, ripping people's heads off and chewing on them and oh, shit. Oh,
1: that's, that's not my that's a Mayan thing. What is that? That's a Thai thing. Is um, it Thai? Yeah, it's a... Um, can't for the life of me remember what it was called, but, yeah, it's like internal organs hanging down from the neck yeah, yeah, yeah. lungs and stuff. Yeah, yeah, It's and,
0: fucking awesome.
1: Yeah, um, I can't remember what it's called. It was actually, yeah, it's actually a Thai... Oh, right. Like, actual Thai ghost thing.
0: But, no, it's, it's really cool. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Like, that's probably the highlight of the whole season because most of the stories are a bit meh. Like, they don't really reach the... The heights of they had a they had an episode in season two that was like a it was like what would happen if someone brought the Necronomicon onto like Antiques Roadshow, and it was like a PBS. Oh, yeah, it's um Cambodian, okay, Laos, cool. Indonesian. It's called uh, Kraus. Si. Yeah, um, like in season two, they had a really good episode that was basically like what if someone brought the Necronomicon to Antiques Roadshow, and Bob Ross was an ex military vet and wasn't like he was all happy and passive, but as soon as shit started kicking off. He just... It went evil dead. And it even I mean, had... A, was, was a military. Yeah, I know, but like... It, if like he, he would. He killed people. But um, it had Ted Raimi in a cameo. It was really fun. It was really, mm. really fun. Really, really cool little short. Um, and yeah, and, and similar to this, like I think that was the last episode of the second series. So it's a, a, a bit of a weird thing to have um, have it end on this one, on this particular series. But uh, but no, all in all, you know, middle of the ground stuff, but you don't really get many horror anthologies anymore. You don't really get much horror TV show, like TV stuff at all.
1: Sue was also featured in an episode of AMC's creep show titled Drug Traffic, yeah. A Dead Girl Named Sue. Yeah. Sue,
0: Sue. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so uh, I'd recommend checking out if you're into horror, but it's not for everyone. And if you've got Shudder, it's free. It's on there. There's loads of shit on Shudder this month. Um, there is also uh, a, a, like a cheeky little side recommend, something that's of similar quality, uh, but it's just like an anthology film. Horror Noir is out. Um, you what? know, the, do you remember the docu- documentary series Horror Noir, where they like basically mm. spoke about black horror and how black people were in horror and, and how they influenced the development of modern horror? Um, yeah, they've that same title has been affixed to a horror anthology that's mostly from black creators. Um, again, anthology series is hit and miss. There are some Not good black-ular. shots. Not black killer.
1: Uh, like, like, what was the vampire in Brooklyn? Wait, that was John Landis, wasn't it? It was, yeah. The second time he directed the film, primarily about black folk, because that's the only advantage you could see with working with Eddie Murphy.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Eddie Murphy really wanted to make that film with a different director. I think it was Wes Craven that he wanted for that film. Well,
1: vampire, you New- phoned up John Landis allegedly. Really? To- yeah. Huh. to bury the hatchet, I guess.
0: Yeah. Um. But yeah, More on that later. Uh, so, yeah, so uh, I, I recommend people check it out uh, if you're a fan of horror, but it is a bit is a bit like, I think you'll find one or two shorts you really enjoy and then the rest are going to fall by the wayside. There's one particular episode in, uh, I think it's episode two, which is about like a horror diorama collector. Uh just really fucking rubbed me the wrong way. The main character was such a cunt. I just really fucking couldn't enjoy it. Um and I think it's the actor more than the role. I think it could have been done well by someone, but it just the actor was a right fucking Is it's one of those people that seems it's like, like they've Kevin pro- Sorbo? No, he, oh. it, it it's like one of those people that actually acts like that dude. Do you remember a while ago there was like that viral video where it was the guy who was like then suddenly the door opened up and the hellmouth was rising and then the fire you know like he's playing like a weird like steampunk dude on the news. You know, you don't remember that shit? <laughs> he just spoke really fast and spoke like a nerd who played too much D&D. This guy seems like he lives an entire life that way and like yeah. decides to play a character with exactly that sort of energy and it just...
1: Like um, Freddie Highmore in The Good Doctor.
0: No, more on that later, though. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, uh, Creepshow Season 3. Still I mean, catchment. in all honesty, Creepshow Series 1, 2 and 3, you'll find some stuff in there you really enjoy. Tom and, Atkins made a cameo in it yet. No, not yet. No, I'm out. But he was in. I don't think anyone from the original Creep Show films has made any cameos in these. Oh,
1: um, I met Tom Atkins.
0: Yeah, I know you did. He's a lovely guy. <laughs> everyone who meets Tom Atkins says he is the nicest guy in the world. Mm, he's pretty. He's a nice chap. Yeah, good bloke. Um, okay, so uh, yeah, so Creep Show series one, two, and three, and Bud Proxy Horror Noir. Um, I'm gonna give it all. I'm gonna say it's all good. It's all worth checking out. But like, remember, there's gonna be some stuff in there that I just don't think isn't is for everyone. Even horror fans might find it a bit tedious um, so I'm going to give it a Matthew Modine Matthew Modine? Matthew Modine from um, like I'd films. Say it's, it's better than I can't like, remember what it's Matthew better Modine than did. Middling what, Flowers for Algernon? The was, Dark Knight Rises
1: The Dark Knight Was he in Dark Knight Rises? Stranger
0: Things Was he in Dark Knight Rises? He was the Captain of the Police was he? Yeah, he put his hat on and he took his pistol out and he's like, "I'm gonna kill you, babe! Oh, and I remember then you the see him lying dead on the floor. They
1: walked down a frigging sewers when they sh- they said no. All he the police was, he didn't go sewers. in the sewers because he was the ah, chief. That was Guy so Oldman. he was
0: like, "I'm gonna go storm the storm the the courthouse." So he puts his hat on yeah. and he's running up, and then the next scene you just see his dead, lifeless body on the
1: floor. J- ah, you. You're a view, Ant. Hachi, Machi. Hachi, Yeah, I'm just um. Grimlock transformed
0: I see what you're doing And I don't fucking like it There's no need Why does he even Transform into a swastika? He transforms into a T-Rex <laughs> You friggin No look You've just transformed into An accurate representation Of our switch
1: It's a lot of work It was a base former Anyway i got a Transformers Because I need to fill out The space with something Not Grimlock
0: Oh right okay, Just tell me about
1: this thing Studio series Devastator Oh yeah Months and months This one in the making of the fucking massive thing. This one? Yeah. So, back in March, I got back one part of Devastator because oh, it was on uh, sale. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'll get that. And then for some reason, I was like, but what if I got all of them? Like, what if I got all of the Devastator parts? And that's what happened. Um, no, I've done his legs the right way. Anyway. So, Studio Series Devastator is based on the uh, Revenge of the Fallen Devastator, yeah. the one that was in that film. It's a big, massive action Your sequence. favourite movie at the end of the film, where they made a big deal out of it in the trailers, and then the film came out, and Devastator had testicles, and also, um,
0: and also, Sam Witwicky went to robot. heaven.
1: Oh, he, he died. Yeah, and, that, for and then you have The Matrix or some shit The I don't Matrix know. of Leadership not a good film just like in the in, uh, in the, the series slightest. It the not The Matrix was never in the series not in, not until season 3 it was made for the film that's uh, how
0: good the films are he's saying they're better than the so I've got, got the eight figures
1: yeah. that make them up I've got yeah. Skipjack I've got Scrapper I've got Scrap Metal yeah. they're very similar names I've got Scavenger I've got Mixmaster and Overload and Long Haul um, the stars of the show in that set I would say, Longhorn uh, and Scrapper. They're really good. They're yeah. really cool figures. Really, uh, Scrapper especially has some really inventive transformations going on where parts swing around all over the place and form legs in ways you wouldn't expect. Mm. Um, putting them together is quite a nightmare, though. It doesn't go together like any combiner. I mean, I say that. The only other combiner I've got that's complete is Magnaboss, and Magnaboss doesn't go together like any other combiner. Also,
0: funnily enough, not a boss. Team leader. Magnaboss is a boss, isn't it? No, team leader. Yeah, he's a boss. He's a boss. He just puts boss on
1: his CV. Hmm. But um, no, this this thing is I I've, I've put it together and it hasn't fallen over, and it hasn't drooped, and it hasn't fallen apart yet. Not even the testicles. No, you can buy a um, upgrade kit for the if you want. It them. has testicles. Yeah, it's not a Hasbro thing. It's like a third party thing. But you can you can get the balls if you want the enemy scrotum yeah. hanging down below it to target your uh, your guided missiles. Yeah, and a little bit to cover up the front because um, Overload's head is just kind of at the un- under in the chest. <laughs> it's like just sticking out the front. It's fine. I mean, uh, to be fair, like they th- this I think is miracle enough that they get any of those movie figures to look like the vehicles they're supposed to look like. And there's a whole ton of compromise with a bunch of the figures on there to be able to get them to look like the vehicles and to combine together. So I'll give them some leeway there because there's there's a bunch of them where like they look fine from one angle, but if you look at them from the wrong angle, it's suddenly like robot parts everywhere and yeah, which happens on a lot of Transformers, like usually on the underside. But there's stuff like the Um, scavenger when you turn when you look in from anywhere other than the side you can see like all the inner, internal parts it doesn't even close up at the top could have done with a flap that one but um, no the way it all goes together though is nuts it's just the transformations every single one the the transformations from the vehicle mode into whatever the combined part is some of them are dead simple it's just like adjusting a couple of bits here and there and putting a claw out somewhere Mm. some of them are like really involved like the caterpillar tracks on one of them you flip the top half of the caterpillar tracks around so the bulge is going in a different direction just for the look of it. Yeah. But like it could have been left the other way around. No one would have noticed. But they make it change so that it looks more screen accurate. Hmm. And mine is screen accurate because I've got the yellow left leg because it was originally red and they did a repaint in yellow. And I got the yellow one, which is more like in the film. Cool. Because the red one's fighting Bumblebee.
0: How much do you like that film?
1: It's not a good film. I've seen it multiple times though. I saw it in the cinema and I was just like, Ugh. <sighs> uh, it's not as bad as the last night. I mean The last night's pretty pretty I mean, awful. I yeah, don't know any figures awful. from the last night.
0: No. But um you say that until they bring up like a devastator and you'll be like, oh, I got one for like a fiver.
1: I might buy a nitro zeus. If they do a good Nitro Zeus, I'll buy a Nitro Zeus. Who is Nitro Zeus? Um he's in like two seconds of the film. He's one of Megatron's Decepticons that are apparently in prison. In this film, Megatron negotiates for their release. But wait, he's, is that the green one who's nah, by nah, John Goodman? No, nah, that's Hound. Oh, right. Nitro Zeus is like a is this like tall gray like he turns into a jet and he's got like a single oh, eye and he's all like I'm cool because I'm Nitro Zeus and shit he's he he talks jive or something I can't remember I don't know. probably a racist stereotype I don't know but apparently originally that you remember the little robot that was in that mm-hmm. um, they said oh he's a headmaster and they do nothing with it um, apparently originally he rips off Nitro Zeus's head and becomes his head and takes control of Nitro Zeus's body. Oh, cool! Um, so they called him a headmaster for no reason. Um, that film's terrible, but anyway, that says so this film, this thing's from. But it looks the part, and the way the head is hidden away inside the cab of the um, of mixmaster, the cement mixer, mm-hmm. it's really good. Some of the figures are really tricky to put together, like get them clasped up nicely so they hold their shape because they are kind of complicated. But I mean, if you've if you've got three hundred quid. <laughs> may as well buy the eight figures and combine them and then go, yeah, I'm not taking that apart ever again because that was a nightmare. Um, you know, <laughs> I didn't spend 300 quid on them. I, I was, um, I think I only paid full price for two of them. I got most of them a little bit cheaper. One of them I saved like 20 quid on, which is pretty good. I think it was pretty good going. But I, I, I keep thinking that I could have just bought the whole box set, um, which the only addition in the big box set is there's a massive backdrop you can stand them in front of and um, they've got dirt paint on them. Little, some little bits of paint to look like
0: dirt. That's that's what's in the three hundred quid set. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. Don't spend three hundred pound on that.
1: No, no. If no, you spend three hundred
0: pound on that, I'm not paying you rent for a month just so you learn your lesson. I wouldn't buy that. I, I brought them individually
1: over oh, the no, course I'm... of nine months. Yeah, like, I took my time. I looked for the right offers. It's fucking huge. It's You're surprisingly articulated. Yeah. Like, it's really shocking. It's got ankle tilt. I like the
0: fact like, that, like, the different parts of the construction machines yeah, turn into fingers.
1: Yeah, well, two of them form one hand. Yeah. That's the weird thing. <laughs> they form claws. Um, apparently, you can get him on all fours if you unhook some parts, but I don't want to do that because every time I see pictures of it, it looks a bit... Like it's going to collapse under its own weight. Yeah, I don't, oh, yeah so. I don't think
0: It's going to collapse under its own weight like that. You'd be
1: surprised. There's there's little struts hidden away that combine into other parts and hold yeah. pieces up. Um, and everything's ratcheted. Like everything is like a. Um, one of them does go ding, which is a bit disturbing. But mm. you know. But hey, I got I got I got I got a combiner. I finished a combiner this year. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I could have gone with a cheaper one.
0: Oh yeah, you could have. Could have. But, but then why would you? because I mean, you didn't I want to go for it it's trip. now
1: my biggest transform <laughs> it's bigger than uh, um, it's bigger than him yeah Yeah, just yeah. slightly slightly bigger than I'm um, okay. so uh, you've got to get yeah. that Omicron figure to... I can't get the Unicron figure the like, even resale price for that is like 1,500 quid now but anyway alright um, Should i
0: just get you a footstool that has bits that fold in so you can tuck it away no, no, so like, this is there. my transformer
1: so sits behind me when I'm working I can still work on my desk with Omina yeah, yeah, yeah. Serious, right. devastating. Uh, don't spend three hundred pounds on Transformers, kids. I mean, is that what it cost? Not in total. I, I paid less, but for the yeah. if you buy the box set, it's three hundred quid.
0: Just buy them individually. Yeah, and then oh, you can make it movie accurate really like hard that film time. that you tolerate.
1: Yeah, no, the the box set does come with the yellow one. Skip Jack. He's the original figure was Rampage. He was yeah. red, but I've got a Ram, I've got one called Rampage. He turns into a crab. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Anyway. Is it
0: because I have Rampage and Crab, so you bought that one?
1: Yeah, yeah, he turns into a crab, and that turns into a tank. Great. Yeah. Anyway, um, you review something, because that was, that, was, that was just to kill time there.
0: Indeed, I will review a thing. And can you guess, when I went to go see this week, I finally went to go see a movie film in the movie theatre, and it was delightful. Can you guess Ma- what it malignant. was? Malignant. I did not see Malignant in the cinema. Oh. I did initially see Malignant in the cinema, and then I watched it at home. But... Let's I told you about my experience ear. seeing Malignant in the cinema, being alone in the cinema and being like, what kind of film is this? <laughs> the um, I saw The French Dispatch. Oh. Uh, Where's Anderson's new film. Um, yeah, so uh, it's a hard one to describe actually. Uh, I guess well, I'll, I'll, I'll do my best. Um, Bill Murray is yeah, the... Yeah, try, it's try. It's, it's yeah, yeah, you should try it. is something you should try doing on a review show. So Bill Murray um, is is dead. Like you find out that Bill Murray has died, the actor at the beginning of the film, no, the character that he plays in the French oh, right, Dispatch. Okay. So his character has died, and his orders on his death are to completely to. This complete, is an ideal role for him. This yeah, must be his dream role. Uh, is to completely <laughs> dissolve the entirety of the French Dispatch and newspaper that he has set up and is paying people extortionate amounts of money to be part of. Right. And the final issue is going to serve as his obituary, but. Before that happens, it goes back to the issue before he died and shows how he interacted with his writers and how, you know, um, how they developed this magazine. It's almost like a New Yorker <laughs> style magazine. It's like, did a one supplement. of them pretend
1: they were writing letters back and forth with him for years and they were best friends? <laughs> no, oh, no, He
0: could have sung a it's song about that. Really, really, it's a beautiful movie, as you can imagine, with a Wes Anderson movie. I think that right in the very first few minutes, you get that feeling of that, that strange that strange ability he has to make something feel so both geographically real and realised, but also entirely magical. So we open up... the very he does it all by aiming the camera parallel to a wall. No. Because that's all <laughs> so, he does all the time. He so,
1: fucking loves a wall.
0: Well, back, he loves right? he loves wide shots as well. Like, this film yeah. changes, changes um, ratio throughout. So no. it goes from wide to fucking Mike's ripping off Michael 10, Bay for free well no because the Grand
1: Budapest Hotel was all in the la- the la- Transformers the last night predates both of them
0: oh, and stop. you know yeah, oh yeah but that was that wasn't on purpose um, that was just bad filmmaking um, so yeah so, uh, so the very first shot of the film is a man with a tray preparing various drinks for people that work within the office and you're obviously you're not told this straight where you just see him arranging these beautiful sh- silly little bottles of like there's a tiny bottle of champagne in an ice bucket and there's like a single egg with a shot of whiskey <laughs> like all this stuff just prepared and then there's at right, the front egg. yeah there's an egg cracked in a glass and then a shot of whiskey and then a spritzer of Tabasco the
1: fuck is drinking that I mean I've had one I've had something similar to that anyway it's not
0: a drink um, you've, you've, you've never had a pickle bag where it's pickle juice. Is it one that then, makes you look at a graph? Is it? No, it's like pickle juice. It's like pickle juice and half a shot of vodka. You drink it and then suddenly you get one of it's some sort apparently, but oh, it just made me drunk because there's alcohol in it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so yeah, you see him, uh, all these drinks and he takes his tray and he just travels, like he travels up this building that you can see certain sections up, So you can see like windows and like stairs on the outside, but then it goes inside and curls around and it's just a single shot. And you see him travelling through this building to get to the top where the French dispatch office is located. And then you see him travel between each office and drop off one of these drinks. And then finally he's at Bill Murray's desk. And before he goes in Bill Murray's office, you see him drop drop a soluble aspirin in a glass. Uh. And then he downs it to deal with Bill Murray and gives Bill Murray his drink. But it's Bill Murray... The whole story is based around the idea of Bill Murray arranging and editing this final issue. And his one thing, his one code that he keeps telling everyone is... If it looks wrong, just make it read like you're meant to, like you meant it, like you were meant to do it. So even if there's a mistake, make it look like the mistake was on purpose, you know? Okay. And there's three stories and the three different stories are different sections of the paper. So the first story is travel and... Do they not line up entirely and everyone's,
1: do they have different narrators?
0: Yeah, it's the different writers. So yeah, you so have all from got their own versions. The they've all got their own different takes. No, no, no. It's different stories. All at so, the same time. No, 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 different no. times. So you've got it's like an anthology. Again, it's like an anthology series. So it's basically he goes into the office of each of these people. The first person is Owen Wilson, who's doing Ennui, which is the name of the French city where the French dispatch is located, and Owen the Wilson.
1: He's called Ennui. For fuck's yeah. sake, where's Anderson? Know. Jesus, I know. Christ, man. Uh,
0: but basically, in this beautiful, like, it, first, it's him riding a bike through town, and then it's a, a stationary, like, it's obviously it's all like just scrolling, but it's meant to look like he's riding through town, and the camera is is holding, holding a shot of him on his bike. And as he travels through town, you're seeing these areas behind him. And every so often, he'll stop on his bike and he'll explain the area to you. And there'll be two different time periods that he's explaining it. So, Or sometimes three or four. So explain different time periods. And different time periods have different aspect ratios and appear differently. And he like basically.
1: We're telling everyone everything that happens in the film.
0: No, no, no. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So that's kind of an idea of how these stories go. The second story is a uh, polit- politics. So it all plays out like Wes Anderson film. Yeah. The second story is politics. Is Timothy Chalamet and Francis McDormand. And Francis McDormand is helping Timothy Chalamet write his uh, his. Um What's it called? Manifesto. It's the latest Xbox no, controller manifest- customizing review on YouTube. <laughs> no, it's it's, her, helping, that <laughs> it's hel- hel- her helping him write his manifesto because it's written awfully. And so she's trying to make it so that it, it, it makes more sense, but also seems more romantic and all this other stuff. And she's like basically only doing that because she is trying to write a story on what they call the chessboard riots, which is the uni students trying to gain access to the women's changing rooms in for some reason. Um, I can't remember the distinct reasons because it is the most wordy of the three, and is also probably the most boring of the three. And then the last one is an art piece, which is Benicio del Toro is a murderer, multiple murderer, who is writing an art piece, who who is painting pictures of Leah Sadu, who is also his lover within the prison. He's been in there for he's he's basically got a life sentence because he killed these two people, but he's painting these these pictures and basically introducing modern art to the french aristocracy and art dealers who are looking to make a lot of money from him and he has spent a year or he is spending a year painting his final piece or painting his grand piece and they are like oh okay we'll we'll pay you to do this we'll we'll finance the whole thing and he's like okay i want 65 cigarettes i'm like i won't pay you in cigarettes i'll pay you in francs i'll give you two hundred fifty thousand francs for your for this piece of art and he's like Okay, and then and then Adrian Brody, who plays the art dealer, reaches into his pocket and he goes, "Right now, though, I only have twenty six francs and four cigarettes." And he's like, "Okay," and he goes, "I'll give this to you as a down payment." And gives him the money, and then it, suddenly both of them are smoking one of the cigarettes each. It's just it's like these quick, snappy little like the whole environment, everything is active, everything is moving, everybody is interested and, and somehow connected to what's going on, and it's all fantastic. It's Wes Anderson, so it's beautiful to look at. It's incredible to like sort of it is a feast for the eyes in so many different ways. Oh sorry, and then the final story is um I thought oh, it was 3. No, it's 4, sorry. I got oh, it wrong. It's 4. So the it's fin- like four rooms all over again. It is. Yeah. The final story is is um is probably the best. It's probably my favorite um because I I for some reason I forgot about this, but it is um what's his name? Jeffrey Wright is a food critic who um who has an emotional connection He's to an actor in this he plays a food critic. Oh. And he is going to go and do a review of um of a policeman who cooks basically those like you know the like the like the night shift boxes like has to be perfectly formulated. It can't be too dry, can't be too wet, can't be too warm, can't be too cold. And like he like goes through the thing and do like there's just this this incredible chef that works for the police. He was a detective for many, many years and now he's a chef and he cooks for them. And it's him going to dinner and reviewing this meal cooked by someone who cooks the night shift detectives and, and policemen their meals and uh, and it's 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 um, it starts out like he's lost and he's walking through the police station and as you again geography is very important you get an idea of everything but at the same time you can see that that depth to the environment like you're you're seeing that depth and then suddenly Jeffrey Wright goes off on a slight tangent he's being interviewed by Leif Schreiber on a TV show and he goes off on a slight tangent where he's like did I ever tell you how I met Bill Murray's character and it turns out that he was, he was there. He spoiled in the whole film. No, 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 no. Sorry, just, this is just a very tiny two minute section of it, but it's such a beautiful little story in the, in the film. But Jeffrey Wright was in Ennui and arrested because he was caught in a bathhouse because he's gay. He was caught in a bathhouse. Mm. He doesn't have anyone he can, he can call. He doesn't have anyone that he can, like, he can reach out to. And he is in a, what they call the chicken coop, which is a very central small prison around the processing area it's not the main cells it's just a very small prison that's stuck in the middle of the thing and they just question them whilst they're processing them but they're locked in there for everyone's safety and Bill Murray comes across him and says and says what can you can you write is there anything that you could write and he and he basically just hires him as a whim as like a book writer and Jeffrey Rowe explains how that's the nicest and kindest thing he'd ever experienced in his life like just the idea that this man came along he offered him a job not only a job he paid his bail, he got him out of prison and he said, just if you write, like, you know, if you write something for me, you can work for me and it's just like this reflection of a man who for the whole of the short is so... Like, very clinical about the whole thing, even like the situation goes on because it does escalate into this mad situation involving kidnapping and like, and like a shootout and all this other stuff. And Ed Norton's in it. Um, and like, and it's really interesting, but like, it's just this tiny moment within there where it punctuated by this Bill Murray. And Bill Murray is central to everything that happens in this. He has like little interviews with each of the people afterwards, where he's like, okay, can we take out this part? He's like, "Mm, no, no, can we take out this part? No. And with Jeffrey Wright, he's like, he's like, it's only, it's mostly about like, it's barely about the food. He goes, I describe the food as being amazing. And like, but it's like you've written about all this other stuff. And he goes, yeah, that's, that's what the story is about. That's the most interesting part. And he goes, well, what about the, what about the chef? Did he say anything? And Jeffrey Wright goes, you know what? He said something very interesting to me. As he was recovering after all this crazy adventure, he said, I am quite sad. And Jeffrey Wright goes, why are you sad? And he goes, I tasted the food I knew would kill me because there's like this poison at one point. And he goes, I tasted the food, there's poison. And the thing that makes me sad is there was a flavor I've never experienced before. And I can never experience again. And I can't ever let anyone else experience it. There's this like earthy, metallic strangeness to it. And he goes, That was the poison.
2: Hmm.
0: A- and it's like, and it's, and it, and it cuts to Bill Murray. And Bill Murray goes, that's great. Add that back in. He goes, I guess I could add that at the end. He goes, okay, let's add that at the end. And, and like, the it's just so good. If you're a fan of Wes Anderson, you're going to like this. If you're a fan of like, even if you're, uh, I, I would say that this is his most arty film. Because um, the Grand Budapest Hotel is fucking balls funny. Like balls the walls, like jokes and energy and humour. And like, it is probably one of his more accessible movies this is less accessible but at the same time I think that this could work for a broader audience if they find that section they can sort of cling to or if they at least find something they can enjoy within there because there aren't as many jokes it is still funny there is still a lot of like strangeness to it there's there's a lot of stuff that Wes Anderson fans will like but I think for the general audience I can see why this is on a limited run why it this isn't getting as much play like
1: general audiences watch Wes Anderson films
0: well Grand Budapest Hotel did really well
1: you're thinking the best exotic marigold hotel <laughs>
0: no I'm thinking of the sequel oh, the, second the second best, best. <laughs> no um, I think calling your film the second best version <laughs> I'm going to give this I'm going to give this uh, uh, Tom Atkins because I really did love it I'm going to go see it again um, the one, the ty- the only criticism I have is that there is a sequence in this film that's animated. It's animated very nicely. It looks kind of like the old Tintin books, um, but you can tell that that's only animated because he couldn't get someone to do a claymation under the quarantine, under like the COVID nineteen restrictions. Because it's such a se- that may be planned for it. No, if it's, it's meant to be like Tintin, it must be
1: probably. Intentional to look like the Tintin animated series I think series. that
0: it feels like a secondary choice Because mm. genuinely it does seem like a sequence That any other any other film he made He would have made it stop motion But I think it's only because of the quarantine, Covid yeah. So I get the feeling that He's purposely that... referencing
1: Tintin, Tintin's never been stop motion It was always been 2D
0: No, no, it's similar to Tintin, it's not Tintin But if he's visually referencing Tintin He might not be It might just be that it looks that way to me yeah. Anyway, your reviewer
1: you just need to be more worldly with your films maybe I do You'd <laughs> what was I going to review I don't care uh, I played Metroid Dread it's decent enough did you like it though Ann? yeah it's really good it's good it's, it's, it's okay alright come so, on do you think? so there's a thing
0: you're cutting me down
1: Metroid Dread feels great to play like yes. the controls the movement all that sort of stuff and there's some great stuff with the level design I really like but it's all sort of Every room has a purpose to it. There's not so many of the massive long corridors where you're just running through shooting enemies that all the other Metroid games have always had. Mm -hmm. Um, The 2D ones, anyway. The Prime didn't really have any of that. Um, So, like, level design's pretty cool. The map, you know, despite being this whole thing where every single room is a weird sprawling sort of mixture of shapes and stuff. Yeah. Some much bigger than others. You know, it's all pretty easy to follow the map, relatively. It's all split up into sections and all that, kind of like um, Fusion did in a couple of others. Mm-hmm. Um, Super Metroid split up into sections, really. Um, but, you know, it's all decent stuff, but the thing I'm finding is that it's not it's not got the exploration the other games have in the slightest. Like It's constantly shutting walls off behind you, dropping you down holes that you can't get back up so you're locked into a certain area. Yeah. Like, it gives you the illusion that you're doing exploring. It'll give you little bonuses that you can try and hit and collect and stuff like that. Yeah. But more often than not, there's only a limited area you can actually travel around. You can't just pick a point in the map and go, I'm going to go travel to that part. like You could in the Castlevania game and explore and be like, oh, I wonder what's over there, and then go over there. You're you're stuck most of the time. See, like I'm- Early on, it does a thing where you shoot a block down. Yeah. And it'll drop a path behind you, and it'll be like... That are a sort of head height tunnel, mm-hmm. you can't go through them yet because you haven't got the morph ball, so you have to go the other direction. Yeah, um, there's another bit where you destroy one of water drains down into a pit where you can't roll slide in yeah. the water because you can't get the momentum to do a slide, so it's blocking off you from going back that path. And it does it a lot. And it kind of like there's sections where you pick up a power and then you go out and you go through like two rooms and you're in a teleport, and the teleport takes you to where you need to go to get to the next power up, and it's like it's not giving you that chance to discover where the power ups are. Yeah, like the other ones. But um, some of the power ups you pick up don't necessarily unlock areas. But no. Um, you, you know, but you get the Varia suit, and that's a Varia suit. You know, and that opens up whole sections and stuff like the same as normal. But the thing is, because they're opening up whole sections, but it's constantly blocking off paths behind you. Like it's not really opening up. Or anything. I'm sure by the time you get towards the end of the game, you you, you can just run around and do whatever you feel like. Oh and, yeah. Once you have got the power ups, because I mean I've already got to. I've got. I mean areas now where there's like the ones that need the freeze blast. There's the little the lights on the wall which are clearly there to indicate where you use your screw attack to keep jumping through the air multiple times. And, oh no, uh, no no no.
0: There's a lock on thing you get. That's a grapple
1: hook. That's different. You no no no. It. There's a
0: lock on. Like you know the five lights. Mm-hmm. There's a lock on you get right before. I'm not on bellows. Yeah.
1: No, there's um they use there's like sections where you, you have massive gaps and they've put green lights in the background, which oh, are basically like your yeah, visual cue yeah, yeah, yeah. for yeah. use your screw attack thing to jump your way across because they've done that in other games. Yeah. Um you know, and you're coming across loads of areas where there's walls to charge through. I've got the speed boost thing now and I can do the, the vertical leap thing, which is easier to pull off than it was in some of the other games. I've oh, always yeah. found the vertical leap thing tricky in the original Super I like Metroid. the fucking
0: effect behind it, as so well. It's really mm-hmm. good in this.
1: But um, it's really good. I don't know why people are complaining about the Emmys so much.
0: Um, no, they're easy as shit, aren't they?
1: Yeah, loads of people are saying they're really, really difficult and stuff. I've had a couple where I've died on them, but it's really just trial and error figuring out where's the best place. But like the trick is, you, you get to an area where it's a long room, mm. you make sure there's like a raised part in the room, so the Emmy climbs onto it, so then they're exactly at your blaster height, and then you shoot them like crazy until their mask explodes, run
0: off, find another area, charge up, boom. There's a couple of areas where they sort of they cleverly stop you doing some of that stuff. So there's a few where there are multiple ways to approach. It. I've seen people do this online where they where they were hanging from one part. And hmm. I I only checked any guides or anything like that after I'd completed the game because I was interested in a couple of like power-ups and stuff. But there is a there's a section where basically you can hang from one side of the wall and it makes it really easy. And I didn't see that. I saw it the other way. Whereas well, I just like
1: go to the end of a corridor and shoot.
0: <laughs> yeah, later on, they basically the rooms they design... So you can't do that. So you mm. have to be a bit more tactical and move around a bit more.
1: Yeah, I can use my phase shift and stuff to yeah pop around. Absolutely. And...
0: Yeah. I fucking I I really loved this. I didn't complete it until recently because I gave it to you once I'd completed it. No, yeah, uh,
1: I've swallowed the cartridge now. So. No, you
0: haven't. It's sitting right there. I I really enjoyed this, but I I see your problem where like I thought there was more like an organic problem solving mechanic when I was playing it, like where especially early on where you've got like the lava and stuff and you redirect the flow and then mm. in your head you're like I need to get back to this area because I've redirected the flow so I can go to yeah. that door in my head I, I was marking the map because it gives you the ability to mark stuff and I was marking the map and going I've got to get back to that place mm. and you'd have to get tricky with yourself and you'd have to try and work out where I, I can't keep running
1: whatever direction you can go and it'll get oh, really there's um there is there there is sequence breaking built into the game if you can figure it out like yeah if you can get the the um, morph ball bombs yeah. you can kill Kraid before In one hit yeah before you can get to it I found that Kraid
0: fight I fucking loved that fight yeah it, it, it looks right. amazing it took me a, I
1: died a couple of times on the second stage just because I was like not ready for what the attacks were going to be because yeah. it's a lot more cramped than the first stage but um. Yeah, once you, once you just like smack his arm out of the way and jump in his mouth and fire a bunch of rockets in there.
0: Just, I I mean, from a visual standpoint, it's like mm. looking. It, it's weird that Craig in the game looks more like something I'd expect to see in like a CGI film mm. because it is just it the like effect of me. the effect of him screaming and shit like that, and, like the swinging and how mm. fluid the movement is. It's just not something I expected. Because even like
1: it remind me of the Crayden fight from Metroid Prime. It's not that sim- not that dissimilar. Yeah, um,
0: but I just—I think it's just seeing it in a 2D Metroid, seeing it in HD and stuff, it just looked and it amazing It has the whole
1: um, where he fires the barbs out of his gut and you jump on him from Super yeah. Metroid. Yeah. But no, it's, it's decent. I mean, I'll, I'll finish it eventually. It's, you know, having a good time. It's a decent Metroid. It's, you know, I still think Super Metroid and Fusion are the peak of the series. People complain about Fusion because it points where you need to go on the map for your next plot relevant moment yeah but the whole time that happens you can still wander off and do all sorts of other
0: stuff Fusion does the thing where it's a lot of big rooms Mm. and like you've got smaller puzzle moments within the big rooms and I think that's why people didn't like it But yeah Fusion's great um, I played through it before I played this and there are some like boss battle things in there that I remember being difficult that are so easy now though as an adult for some reason Um, but yeah really really good game
1: yeah, Metroid Dread it's out now everyone can play it play it if you want I don't know I don't give a shit what? the fucking arrogance of this audience man friggin expecting me to tell them what to friggin play Jesus I
0: should go double check my next review Sorry.
1: yeah what's your last review it's
0: not my last review it's second oh for god's
1: sake it. shit Jesus Christ you're kidding yeah. is more this Jesus no,
0: oh I'm yeah go this. I saw Dune Dune County Dune 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 oh yeah. is that your last review no, it's second to last.
1: So what's you got? Something bigger than June, have you? Yeah, yeah, okay.
0: Hold well, you to that. I... all right, okay, I'll do Dying Light first with the Switch. <laughs> You're doubting yourself, are you? <laughs> yeah, I am. Dying. I'm gonna speak about Dan after I've spoken about Dying Light. Okay. So Dying Light's out on the Switch, and um, I'm glad that I'm reviewing it this week and not last week because last week it was a bit bit hit and miss with some of the technical aspects because. Uh, the frame rate was uncapped, so it was drifting between thirty and forty FPS, which meant that it looked a bit janky. Um, and the handheld resolution was set at like set at something like five forty P or something lower than that potentially, uh, which looked fine because it's a handheld, so it wasn't wasn't too bad. But it was it was definitely hindering the uh, hindering the experience in that hindering your enjoyment playing it in handheld you didn't feel Um, like you were getting the full fat experience well that's the thing this is a very full fat experience for Dying Light because this is all of the DLC Mm. all of the marketing stuff as well so all the smaller DLCs for stuff like Left 4 Dead 2 and shit like that everything's in there there's Left 4 Dead 2 stuff yeah there's Left 4 Dead 2 skins and stuff in there and some weapons never played it (laughs) um but yeah, Dying Light is is such a massive game that it's it's another one of those ones where you're like, why does this work so well on the Switch? And I think it's just because Techland are very, very good at working with their working with their engine and downsizing stuff to work on the Switch. They've like given it a lot of time to make sure this works and released it and it's it's like a definitive Dying Light experience but on the go. Um, there's been a recent patch for the PS4 and the Xbox free uh, Xbox One versions. It makes them look worse, so
1: the Switch no, version no. feels better
0: about itself. There's an anniversary edition they released, yeah. basically that it has all of the DLC. It's basically the same pack as you get on the Switch One, but it has um, it has like a an, uh, an extra update coming soon, so it runs better on the PS5 and the Xbox One uh, Series consoles. But the only problem is that I just. I don't wanna play Dying Light in the same way that I played it before when I had the Xbox One X and I could play games that I had on disc. I don't want to play it like that again. I wanted to try something new. I wanted to see how it played on Switch. This is like one of those weird curious ones like The Witcher Free on Switch, where I'm like, how does that work? This can't work, and then you're playing it like fuck, I'm playing the Witcher Free on the go. Hmm. And there's like not too much of an issue doing it this way. Like there's a little bit little bit extra loading times. Don't give a fuck. I'm playing the full game, The Witcher Free, all the DLC on the Switch whilst I'm taking a shit. And it's the same kind of... Stop getting feces on your <laughs> Switch. It's the same kind of wonder I have when I'm playing this. I'm like, I'm playing Dying Light. Like, a full fat... Like, this is a fucking big game. There's a lot going on. And I can still see the other side of the city that I'm running So I'm waiting for
1: the Tiger Electronics release of Dying, <laughs> the Dying Light. Light the
0: yeah. yeah. Beep! Beep! beep.
1: <laughs> yeah, you'll be the charge you and you just move up and
0: down the screen to avoid them. <laughs> yeah. But this this thing is a fucking miracle. And the game is good. Like so if no one's played it before, you play as a secret agent's been dropped into a it dropped into an area that's been walled off because there's an infection, a viral infection, that is turning people into monsters. Ooh. You've got your standard zombies, you've got your big old chunky honky zombies with big strength. Honky zombies. Honky zombies with big strength. You've got explodey zombies, you've got spitty zombies. A bunch of
1: slave drivers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> honky then, zombies have slave zombies <laughs> that do their bidding.
0: I mean yeah maybe against their will <laughs> and then you have like night zombies and night zombies are basically like the big bad motherfuckers you can't kill and they just hunt you and there are loads of them mm-hmm. so at night you have to kind of use traps to traverse stuff but there is a give and take reward system so if you do missions during the day you get your standard points you get a couple of points so it has like a progression system where if you kill a zombie you get 14 points into your like strength mm-hmm. if you if you manage to do some park war across town and you're like jumping across ceilings and stuff you get parkour. 14 points Yeah, you get 14 points for making that gap. You get, like, 50 points for doing this. If you do it at night, though, you get four times the experience for doing those same actions. So there's, like, a risk-reward sort of functionality to it where, like, where if you do stuff at night, you are more likely to get more points. The only problem is that if you get caught by zombies, if you die, then you lose all your survivor points, and that's kind of your biggest skill tree, the survivor points. And that's where you get, like, points from doing missions... You get points from like running away from from those turbo zombies and getting away from them or setting traps and getting them caught in the UV lights and they freak out you know if you manage to do that you get the survivor points and they look like the big beefy upgrades that give you like a real fighting chance and then eventually you do find weapons you do get powerful enough to fight those va- those vampires those zombies uh, but story wise you have to progress quite a bit before you I'm get so sure they're
1: not the vampires from well, I'm Legend
0: oh you mean from the from Bram Stoker's vampires Directed by, no wait, no, it wasn't Bram Stoke, you're,
1: thinking of the, what, you're thinking the what you thinking the Bon Jovi film?
0: Yeah, the Bon Jovi one. No, no, I'm thinking of the James Woods one. Oh, the James Woods vampires. Yeah. James, Woods va- James Woods vampires. This, <laughs> These vampires coming over the border. Dracula These vampires coming over the border. Dracula 2000. What with Bon
1: Jovi? It's called Dracula 2000. No, Bon va- va- Jovi one was called Vampires. Vampires Los Muertos.
0: No, that was a sequel to Vampires. Nah, I yeah, yeah, it that, was. It? Yeah, it was. That was a sequel to um to not Clive What's the Barker
1: Dracula Two Thousand. Then who was the, what? Who, who oh. did Dracula Two Thousand?
0: That was a sequel to David Cronenberg's Vampires.
1: What? David Cronenberg didn't do a vampire film.
0: What are you on about? It wasn't Clive Barker. David Cronenberg. Who did the thing? Yes, that's, that's friggin'... Yeah, um, John Carpenter. There we go. John Carpenter's Vampires didn't... is the one with James yeah, Wood. But I'm and thinking vampires... of the one with Gerard Butler. Yeah. No, you're thinking Dracula 2000. Yeah, that's what I'm Gerard saying. Butler. Dracula 2000. And Ty Is it Ty Diggs? Uh, Johnny Lee Miller and Ty Diggs.
1: Christopher Plummer.
0: Yeah. Ty Diggs.
1: Um, no idea. But
0: is it Nate Dogg or Ty Diggs?
1: Omar Epps. Oh, you what? It's Omar Epps. Sean Patrick Thomas. Yeah, you. So oh, I thought it was Ty Diggs. Jerry Ryan's in it. I like Jerry Ryan. Yeah, she is.
0: Exactly. Um, <coughs> you're thinking of Bon Jovi is in the sequel to uh, John Carpenter's Vampires that wasn't a sequel to that. it was nice. Vampires Los Mertors was the sequel it's to that because he goes to get Padre he gets a, gets a priest to help him with his vampire hunting isn't that great that you didn't know that hey guess who's in the sequel to Dracula 2000 it's Luke Kang from Mortal Kombat 1994 well, <laughs> Robin <laughs> Shu yeah, yeah he's, in, he's, in, he's, in Dracula, he's in Dracula 3000 he I don't turns think that's the actual stuff. Itself. Um, but yeah Dying Light on the Switch if you haven't played Dying Light if you if you for some reason have been holding off but you're looking for an experience on the Switch that is it's like nothing else you can really buy on there because it is like a big RPG with loads of stuff to do and, and it is first person and there's loads of action it's violent it's fun um, yeah this is great it's, it's fantastic you can like the one thing I will say is that £40 seems a bit steep to buy a game that is as old as this is but with all the DLC and everything else included it's a great price because forty quid is how much you pay for the anniversary edition. So, either way, if you oh, want no, the full fledged experience, a game. that's how much games are. I paid twenty six ninety nine for Metroid yeah, Dread. Friggin', friggin I paid thirty nine pound for Dying Light, and I Our do not Nintendo regret it. I'm going loving to afford it.
1: I'm forward to make what? more Metroid if you keep sp- buying, spending um, high. Um, John Bon Jovi and crying. I'm going
0: to give this a Meryl Street. I'm gonna give it a Meryl Street. Hmm. It's almost perfect. But it's it. You know, there are better ways to play this game. There are cheaper ways to play this game. But there is only one place to play it on the go right now. Until the Steam Deck comes out and somehow explodes in your hands.
1: Like Diego Luna was in the Bon Jovi vampires film, the
0: sequel to John Carpenter's Vampires.
1: Yeah, was, I thought Diego Luna would have been like twelve. When no, that he's like of? forty-five.
0: Is he? Yeah, he's oh. old. Oh. Diego Luna was in uh, uh, what was the film with Kevin Costner where he's. Uh, the long range or whatever it was. He gets killed off by um gets killed off by uh <sighs> Robert Duvall is in that with him. I can't remember who he gets killed off by. He gets killed off by the bad guy from the fourth Resident Evil film, so one who teams up like with Wesker. I don't know. He goes with Gross and Wesker. Yeah.
1: No one remembers anything from the Resident Evil films.
0: I remember everything to do with the Resident Evil films. I could recap every single Resident Evil film for you now. And it's your last please, review. Get on it. Please don't. Get on your review.
1: <laughs> no, don't. On your
0: review, come on. Right. I watched the movies that made us season three. Is this your last review? Yeah. And you complained I mean. to me because I was going to review Dune. This is a big series. Mm. It has... They, they've they done a thing. Did they get anyone back? They did a thing. Did they get anyone back? So, they've done... Did do they get anyone back from do the we movies? get anyone back?
1: Yeah, of course they do. Who did they get back? People. Well, anyway... So the format yeah. for this series, yeah, because um, it was released just before Halloween, yeah, and the build up to Christmas, spooky, spooky. So it starts off with a bunch of horror movies, yeah. and now they let people say fuck in the show, yeah. Ooh, so they're eighteen certificates now. I guess because they know the audience isn't, you know, kids. Hence why it's the movies that made us. It was never for kids. Like no kids were watching this because the movies they didn't. The kids' movies that made us isn't this. It's fucking Lego movie. So, they did a bunch of horror movies, then in the middle there's two regular films, just you know, non-seasonal films that came out in the 80s that people enjoy, and then ends off with a couple of Christmas movies. So you've got like uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, Halloween for the horror movies. Good set, good set of three horror movies to talk about. Uh, You get Coming to America, another film I've forgotten already, some film. Yeah. Um, Elf is there, and what's the other Christmas film? There was another Christmas film. No, Home Alone did last time. They did Home Alone last year. Oh, okay. They did the Christmas movies that made us. But they did another Christmas film. It wasn't Home Alone. It was not... I don't even know what it was. I can't remember. I only watched it the other day and I've forgotten. What did you make me forget? Anyway, the important thing is is that they got John Landis in for the Coming to America one. And they got as many people as possible to say Eddie Murphy fucking hated John Landis while they were making this film because they did, because John Landis is a dick. Yeah. And John Landis is there being a bit of an arrogant cock. Like, I mean, to be honest, they've, they've edited it in a way where it does come across like John Landis is a bit of a dick, because he is a bit of a dick. I met him once. <laughs> so, Did he fly
0: a helicopter into you?
1: No, but I couldn't remember what he worked on other than Twilight Zone, so I didn't say anything to him. <laughs> um, but he like, there's even a bit they left in there where he's like, "What because you, you know like you do those talking head things and you always get the person you interview and say, hi, my name is Bert and this is what I do, because you chuck it into these things to introduce people. Yeah. like, And he's like causing a fuss in this they left it in there causing the fuss about them asking him to say who he is and what he does and it's like get over yourself John Landis you ain't doing anything nowadays you made Night of American Werewolf in Paris you ain't got any reason any right to like talk yourself up but he gives his side of the story where because he knows that all the truth is out there nowadays all the stuff about how you know he was being an arrogant dick on set acting like it was all entirely his work and all this sort of stuff um you know, and causing problems for Eddie Murphy's production company that was working on it and all this sort of thing. And Freddie, Eddie Murphy ended up beating the shit out of him. Um, but he kind of like goes, Oh, no, it wasn't that bad. It was just playful and playful stuff when Eddie Murphy wrapped his arm around his neck and tried to choke him and then went around the front of him and locked his hands around his neck because John Landis tried to lock his hands around Eddie Murphy's neck. Yeah. Um, There's a great interview with Eddie Murphy as well worth reading. It's like pages and pages long, but he, the whole thing's fantastic. Because um, Eddie Murphy was giving him a shot, like, after the Twilight Zone stuff. Um, by the way, after after he killed Vic Morrow and mm. two Filipino children, or Vietnamese children, I think it's Vietnamese, I can't remember where they filmed it, um, he turned up at Vic Morrow's funeral, old John Landis did, drunk, going, Vic Morrow would have wanted you all to forgive me because I'm a great guy. And then you sort of think, when you hear a story about that, you go, yeah, I understand where Max Landis comes from now. Yeah. Like, and you start to think, like, Is John Landis, like, the punishment for the Twilight Zone movie? Is that him having Max Landis as his son? Is that punishment just yet? I mean, there's still... (laughs) Is that enough punishment for him to have Max Landis as his son? The Coming to America episode's good, but John Landis is a twat. Um, but the best stuff's the horror movie stuff the stuff they go into the making the effects the way they were working on it and the building the sets the troubles they had the like they when they were making Friday the 13th they had to stop production for a while but they'd already built a whole bunch of stuff mm. they built like the toilet stalls shower area that you see in the film one of the girls gets a uh, she gets an axe in her head in that bit um, they w- weren't working toilets and they came back from a break in production because they were told they had no money and someone had shat in one of them. <laughs> so they had to, like, clean that up. Because <laughs> it, was, it wasn't flush.
0: Did it also flood? They set flooded like a bunch. Probably not that
1: one, no. They no. didn't mention that. Yeah. But um, they did the whole thing where they had them going back to the, where they filmed it and everything because it was a real little campground thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was nice stuff. The Nightmare on Elm Street one was good because they went really in depth on the special effects and stuff oh, and did explain. England come back because um, yeah, he's been interviewed in it. Yeah, I fucking. Love oh, it. Aliens was the other film that was oh, in there. Oh right, yeah. Because um, I remember that Aliens now because they had James Ramar being oh, interviewed really? in because um, you know he was originally going to be Hicks and yeah. he got fired because he was doing a lot of coke. Yeah, um, and drinking a lot. Yeah, which you don't get away with as much in England in the 1980s as you did in America. Which no. he found out quickly. Yeah, because
0: America. Like, but
1: they it's- had Sigourney Weaver being interviewed on it. Oh, really? It was nice. Yeah, no, James Cameron. No, I wouldn't no.
0: expect him to. He's deep, deep in the sea.
1: Yeah, um, he's underground, underwater, doing his. Just fucking get over it, Cameron! Yeah, fucking get. It. People keep acting like the Avatar films were meant to come out in 2014. It's not been that long. It's like no, it's... they they originally announced those for like 2011 or something yeah. like. Um, Fucking Avatar films. Anyway, so yeah, the, the movies that made us, is it's still the same sort of groovy, you know, it's all fun and silly and light-hearted. And, it's
0: made by people that love the films. I genuinely yeah. love the films.
1: They keep doing that editing thing where they're saying a sentence and then instead of the narrator saying the word, they cut to an interviewee saying the one word. The other Christmas film was Nightmare Before Christmas.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, because I saw yeah. you watching it. Yeah, Henry um, Selick's movie.
1: Yeah, Henry Selick's Nightmare. in that. Um, and Danny Elfman, no Tim Burton. though
0: Henry Selleck hates Tim Burton.
1: They don't hate him. He's just sort of always felt like Tim Burton got more of the credit than, even though he did do half of it. Yeah. Well, it was never originally going to be Tim Burton's Nightmare Before yeah. Christmas. Disney added that.
0: Well, yeah, because he yeah. wrote the book. Like he wrote the original book, and then like, the he wrote a treatment for it. That yeah. yeah, but he did write a book.
1: It was his story. It was Tim Burton's story. Yeah. It wasn't Henry Selick's thing. Henry no. Selick was brought in to direct it because Tim Burton was busy doing Batman. But you Returns. had to
0: direct it and then rewrite the music and do a load of other shit as well. But
1: the, no, they they never actually got the script. The script was supposed to be getting written by the guy who wrote Beetlejuice. Yeah. But it turns out they were trying to get. It, they needed something to film because they needed to start producing it because they wouldn't get it done in time. Yeah. So Danny Elfman was like, "Right, how much of the story can I tell in song?" Yeah. So he started doing all the songs and everything. Um, but the turns out the guy who was meant to be writing the script was spending all the money on drugs. It was the 80s, um, in the late 90s, early 90s, Cocaine. yeah. So then they end up getting the lady who wrote Edward Scissorhands to do it, yeah. Um, who was Danny Elfman's girlfriend at the time, but um, yeah, just uh, it's, it's decent series. It's one of the ones very you know, if your mileage may vary, if you get annoyed by those quirky, zany humor style that a lot of these ones have, it's not like you know, it's not serious, like a DVD extras thing, it's like. It's like those Channel 4 things like I remember the nineties, that sort of thing, but not as insipid and annoying as mm. I remember. Let's get Charlie Brooker to do one of these things. It'd be a bit too cynical. <laughs> It'd be fantastic.
0: There's um there, speaking of films, um you know the film Never heard of them. You know the film Spookies? No. Famously a fucking like it's a film that it was originally shot by two guys who were like Spent all the money on special effects and like they weren't really directors yet. They had done some stuff, but nothing major.
1: So like Pete Off. Yeah. The director of
0: <laughs> Catwoman. <laughs> Thank you, Pete Off. Um, but like it, it was basically it was ripped apart. And then like 45 minutes was apparently usable from the original film. So they just shot a bunch of stuff to go in there. And there's a documentary about Spookies that's available on YouTube. And it is fucking incredible. It's better than Spookies because it's just like it's people. Never heard of bitter. Spookies. Have you really never heard of it? No
1: it's weird. I've watched Spooky. I
0: think they've reviewed it on Best of the Worst.
1: I don't know. It was probably terrible then. I
0: used to have it on a VHS. I got it from a charity it's shop. It's no low blow. No, it's no low blow. Um, but I've yeah, seen like, low blow. <laughs> yeah. You know um, Robert England? Yeah. Like, one of my favourite quotes from Robert England is after Freddy vs. Jason, he, he said that he felt like he was getting too old to play Freddy because he did loads of his own stuff for Freddy vs. Jason. Mm. Like the wire stunts and things like that he couldn't do because he was too old at the time. Uh, but like some of the other stuff like where he's actually like swinging his glove and shit like that it's all him like getting in there Uh, but he was saying like he knew he was too old a few years after that because they were thinking about doing Freddy versus Jason versus Ash and he was like I was just too old to do it because I couldn't do the neck clink anymore the like and he was like in his head every single aspect of that character he knew inside and out right down to the like weird neck clicks that he did when he's like speaking and getting excited and he's about to reap souls and stuff and like, it's such a funny idea to me that Rob England is someone who is so invested in Freddy Krueger as a character that he is like, I just couldn't do the character well, justice What other role would he be physically... that
1: heavily invested in? I don't him. know, he did, uh, he was... He was in V? <laughs> yeah,
0: he was in V. He was also, um, what's the name of that weird, sordid French prince that was like a real fucked up sex deviant? You have to narrow this down a little bit. <laughs> he was him. He was him in a film. He played... Uh, oh. What the fuck was his name? I don't know. He's like the most famous sexual deviant of... He's in like, a whole bunch of like horror movies. Yeah, like B-movie horror movie shit. like He was in Max Brooks' Monster Slayer. No, oh. That's a really good film. Have you yeah. seen that? No. It's just a dude who has anger issues. It turns out uh, like he uh, has... Friggin'
1: Robert Englund always looks to me like... Imagine if you got um, Marv from Home Alone and you just bleached him blonde. <laughs> He's still going. Yeah, Mark, God, Mark, he's alright. Daniel Stern.
0: Daniel Stern, yeah. that's it, yeah. He's in Chud. Yeah, what's that? Um... Bushwhacked.
1: Yeah, Bushwhacked, there
0: you go. That's <laughs> <what's that? laughs> yeah. One of the only four Daniel Stern movies. And the other
1: ones, the one with him and John Lovitz and someone gets stuck in a frozen... They they're, they're bank heist And they get stuck in a bank Oh Hope for the holidays f- Or whatever it is No no, they're, no. They're, they're, they're trying to rob the bank And they get stuck in Stuck there. in paradise
0: I can't remember it was years Yeah ago. yeah I know the one you mean Dana Carvey Nicolas Cage yeah. And Daniel Stern I do it's
1: Nicolas Cage It's John Lovett It is No it's
0: it's, Nicholas, John no, it's,
1: it's John Lovett Yeah it is It's going to be John Lovett so No, no
0: but Daniel Stern's not in that It's Nicolas Cage No It is It's Nicholas I Cage think of John Lovett And Dana Carvey
1: Daniel Stern's in it Daniel Stern's in it City Slickers
0: City Slickers he's in Yeah fucking City And City Slickers too
1: yeah, Legend of Curly's Gold.
0: Yeah. <laughs> With Curly's t- twin drama. Why,
1: why isn't that in the movies that made us? Do you know what, right? But I could go for more of them doing more horror movie ones. I yeah. would love them to do one based on Ring. Go to Japan. Talk to talk to the directors of the original Ring.
0: Have Gus Verbinski mm-hmm. <laughs> interview Gore them. Verbinski. <laughs> Gore Gore <laughs> Verbinski.
1: Gore so. did a good job. He did a better he's, job he's directing the style of the Ring than the actual director of the Ring did when he did Ring 2. Yeah. Um, can't remember his name. But
0: because okay, it wasn't Takeshi Meek, Meek no, 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 no. It was
1: um, I can't remember his name.
0: I saw I recently on iTunes like First Love, you know the Takeshi Mike, the new one.
1: Yeah, it's on Netflix.
0: I think it's on Netflix now. But it's like it's been getting really highly reviewed. But it got bombed, like it, it really bombed when it was in the cinema. But mm. now it's like getting like really good reviews. I loved that when I first saw. I reviewed it for the podcast like a few months ago. Yeah, I'm sure
1: it's on. I'm sure it was a Netflix film.
0: Ah. Oh, it's not. It's. Uh, it was released in Japan. Like it's a proper cinema release in Japan and here.
1: I need to find a way of getting um, the Japanese remake of Cube because that's come out recently. Has it come out in Japan? It has. I'll but find I it. I don't think it's been given a like English subs. Or anything There'll be yet. an
0: unofficial sub. I'll find it.
1: Yeah. Well, I know. I know the fan subbers. I know the guys who do the fan good, cause I'll, for I'll stuff. Good. Because I'll find it.
0: But um, that's good news because I've been looking forward to that. Yeah, you
1: know, it's got Philip from Carmen Ryder Double in it. Does that's what I want to watch it. <laughs>
0: All right. Um, okay. So, is it my last review? Should I do my last oh, review? Oh,
1: God. It's still more? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Well, I'm playing with Grimlock now, so...
0: Okay. So, I, I watched Dune. Dune. Dune? Dune.
1: Oh, God. Is that really June. your last Dune.
0: The, the David Lynch directed... <laughs> 19... No. I saw the most recent version of Dune. Not Children of Dune. Not Son well, of Dune. No, oh, Children of Dune had James McAvoy in it. Didn't it did. It? Yeah. it did, yeah. Um... No, I watched, I watched Dune and uh I'll tell you what, I really liked this. Um uh, so I, I was a little bit worried about going into this, and were you? Even though it's a even wear film. Well yeah, I, I know that he makes spectacular films and I reviewed Blade Runner 2049, I loved that, and he uh he's he did Prisoners as well, didn't he, with um, Hugh Jackman.
1: Huge Jacked Man, yeah. Yeah. He and, did the uh, one where um Was he the one he did the one with Leonardo DiCaprio getting eaten by the bear? Or was that? That was the Spanish it's guy, Revenant. wasn't it? That's the Spanish guy. That isn't was a Spanish guy. Yeah. Yeah. What did Denis did? Messengers. The one where they're learning the language from the aliens.
0: No, Arrival. Arrival. He did it. Arrival. Yeah. yeah.
1: Which one's Messengers?
0: Messengers is the one. Isn't that the one? Ghosts. Maybe. And Name Your Peace? No. No, no, red face. <laughs> <laughs> She's in a film I'm watching this soon. So no. well, really anyway, about uh, Dune. so June, yeah. So I was really worried about going to see June because I thought I wouldn't understand it, and it's you know it's commonly considered like an unfilmable project and all this other stuff. Um, it, it, you know what, right? And this is no dig on June because I, I think both of these films are fantastic, but it, it very much feels like John Carter of Mars. If John Carter of Mars was a lot smarter. John Carter of Mars is fucking great. Are you freaking kids Look, today? shut the fuck up and listen to me before you start love getting Carter in there. Mars. I know you do. Because you're a big fan of... What is the name of the lead Attack character? Close. No, what's the name of the lead character? Taylor Kitch. <laughs> Taylor Kitch. Yeah, you're a big yeah, fan of Taylor, Taylor, Kitch. Taylor Kitch Taylor Kitch, who was in Friday Night Lights and Battleship. <laughs> and X-Men Origins Wolverine. Shut the fuck he up. He was Gambit. No, he was in... Ten thousand BC, I'll have you know. <laughs> yeah, classic. He's been star He's done some good films.
1: They <laughs> trying to make him happen. <laughs> I don't know why. Like Sam Worthington.
0: Yeah, no one tried to make Sam Worthington happen. They tried. They tried. James
1: Cameron hyped up Sam Worthington,
0: so he got a shit ton of lead roles. Do you know that Sam Worthington wasn't an actor? Surprising, I know, but he wasn't an actor. He was a carpenter, <laughs> like Han Solo, Harrison oh. Ford himself. Oh. because Harrison Ford was. So this is the rumor that Harrison Ford wasn't an actor. He got cast in the role because he auditioned, but he was originally a carpenter. And the whole thing was that he basically built stuff that you could hide weed in. <laughs> like he was very famous for adapting to, like hot tubs so they had little spaces you could hide shit in. Ah, uh, drugged up hippie weirdo. Um, anyway, so Dune, uh, it is the story of the House Arrakis uh, a bunch of the family are um, are uh, in control of a planet. They very they very clearly say in the film we have the strength in the skies and the seas, but we don't have the strength of the land. So they're very technological, technologically, technologically sort advanced. Of big worms. Yeah. Well, not yet. That's that's, oh. that's on a cage. Spoilers
1: a- for uh, June seven. But t- um, case. Paul Paul, what's his face? His son turns into a worm.
0: Probably. I'm not kidding. Wouldn't surprise I'm me. I'm not kidding. <laughs> Would not surprise <laughs> me. So um, so basically the House of Arrakis is charged with going and restarting the spice gathering on um, Arrakis. Spice. And the reason that they need the spice is that they use it for interstellar travel. So space mm. has become so incredibly difficult to navigate. They use spice because it gives you some sort of precognition. So it means you can navigate safely because you know the routes because you can see in in the future. Yeah, if you watch the
1: David Lynch film, it's represented as people tripping balls. Oh, yeah, that's what they do. They trip
0: the fuck out. Yeah, and Um, there's a
1: big old, like, pulsing, like, you know, a queen wasp yeah it's like a big old bug thing it's got a creature on the front of it and they go
0: yeah it's basically that's awesome
1: and it turns into 2001 for like I'm not even getting like 7 minutes that sounds amazing before they get to the place they I'm going to do. take
0: mushrooms and watch Dune from 1980s and see how it goes 1984 it's good Yeah, uh, but yeah so we this did that instead uh,
1: of Return of the Jedi yeah that's basically, David Lynch got offered Return of the Jedi
0: yeah that's this is kind of the thing like there is a lot of stuff in here that feels like mm. Star Wars kind of ripped it off yeah um but anyway so sorry sorry let me get back to let me get that's what i was saying so basically they get given this mission and the duke doesn't want to send his son paul down to the planet just yet he's going to send ahead an envoy who are going to go and like meet with the residents that are the fremen or fremen or Freeman. um they're not free men they're fremens or freemen or whatever um and they're going to send they're going to send down a, a group of people to go and make peace with these because the the emperor what the emperor actually wants is he wants them to be at peace with the people that live down there so they can just farm the spice because they've constantly been warring against them and that's meant that they've just lost money and time and they can't restart gathering of the spice until they make peace. So he chooses the House of trades because they are they just look like people they're very attractive people. Oscar Isaacs is the leader he's sexy as fuck. You got Josh Brolin there. You got Jason Momoa. You got Timothy Chalamet, who's one of the sexiest people on
1: the planet. I don't know what a Timothy Chalamet is. People keep going on about. Is this
0: androgynous sex thing that just you know he he's makes quite sexy. Xbox
1: 360 controller. He customs. used to, yeah. yeah, used to. Yeah, that's he's what I know. He's also him in the from. French Dispatch. That's what I know him from. I'm he's also pretend, in the French Dispatch. Going to pretend I knew about it's these Xbox mustache. 360.
0: He has sex with. Uh, has sex with. Uh, got a little tiny mustache.
1: Like how are we talking? Time we talk? are you talking just, like,
0: just like pencil thin. Oh, no, so not a little square one. Not a like like Hitler. That's not tiny. It's a big old chunky square one. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so the house trays are picked because they are, they are quite nice looking and they are, uh, they're very well, well put together and they're they're quite polite. Because the other option is like these bunch of fucking weird troglodyte people led by Stun and Skarsgård and they look all gross and lumpy and they've got no hair and they're all fucking gross and like Aww. they look like the Hellgast from, from Killzone. Aww. And they're all like, hey what's up guys can we hang out it's like no we're having a fuck party mate and they're like oh, but I can fuck and it's like do you really have genitals
1: there's a big old guy in the original one they wheel out on a big
0: old platform thing does yeah. he have um, all boils on his face I think so yeah, yeah Patrick yeah. Stewart turns up oh yeah Patrick Stewart plays Duncan Idaho what he plays Jason Momoa's character
1: oh in the original yeah, yeah. he was he actually was um, not meant to be cast for the film really? David Lynch, yeah David Lynch thought um, I can't remember who it was going to be might have been been Ray Winston or Ben Kingsley was meant to turn up (laughs) and Patrick Stewart had apparently just been told he's got the part as though Patrick Stewart turned up and like okay
0: I guess we're filming with you now (laughs) that's fine Um, so yeah so that's the whole idea so Paul isn't allowed to go down to the planet with the envoy he has to wait until everybody formally goes down to have a meeting with the Fremen Um, and so Jason Moore goes down and he like meets all these people meanwhile Paul uh, of the House of Trades is having visions of the future. He keeps seeing Zendaya in his dreams, because who yeah, wouldn't, but, to be honest, yeah, Zendaya is yeah. quite attractive. Um, but uh, but he doesn't really understand why, and he keeps having visions of his friend Duncan Idaho dying. Um, and uh, and he's worried about his friend, and he's just he's a bit panicked. And then eventually he does go down, and they find out that the reason that Spice hasn't been coming through is because... All of the all the manufacturing has basically stopped. The emperor seems to be aware of this and has sort of set up the House of Trades to fail, so that he can he can force a military coup against them, coup against them, coup. and take out their powers. And he's going to do that by putting them against those horrible Hellgas people and making the Hellgas people basically insert themselves into the situation and cause uh, cause the spice manufacturing to start again, but through force rather than you know the system that they were hoping for with the trays, the House of Tres. Uh, but Paul gets stuck in the middle of all this and he's obviously got some sort of powers. It turns out that his mum was... So the whole idea is there's a prophecy that the House of Tres will birth a woman who will uh, eventually... A woman? Yeah. Birth a birth a girl who will eventually give birth to the person who will dethrone the Emperor and there will be a holy war across the planets caused by House of Trays and Paul, this person who can see into the future. Um listen right this all sounds like nonsense. apparently
1: some people refer to this as the duneverse. Um those people are monsters. Those people are um, fucking idiots. Yeah,
0: um, so this is a really big movie and 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 Danny Villeneuve Villeneuve. Villeneuve he is uh, he's incredible people that's how you pronounce his name. Here's how you pronounce his name. I'm not making it up. It's not Villeneuve. Um he not makes like incredibly the- beautiful films. It. And this is no different. This is a spectacular-looking film. Everything is very, very well-realised, and there are elements that normally I would I would say that the exposition has clearly just been dumped on us, but there are uh, more natural interactions, and he finds ways to insert information that, that seem a bit more natural. For instance, when they first arrive on the planet and they're talking about going out and seeing the spice farming, they are given these suits that they put on, and they have these little tubes that go into their mouths, and uh, and the woman who is like, she is uh, the introduction to the Fremen's world and the people and she's the person who introduced Duncan Idaho to the Fremen and and sort of let them work, find out what the people do and how they operate. And she goes, these suits will recycle everything your body produces and you only lose a thimble full of water per day. So it's basically these suits will keep you alive as long as you drink some water. You are going to recycle that throughout your body, and every day you're you're only basically losing a thimbleful. So it's recycling everything. Now, it's such an intelligent concept, especially on this planet where everything's a desert, and you know everything's around sort of these resources that are They're Drinking the piss. Yeah, yeah. Better cool. Saul did that. So did Iron Man too. So did you. June. No, you. Uh, didn't. I'm really. In, I, I. I'm gonna just. You say. said
1: so. Did Iron Man too.
0: Oh right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's up? Um, so this is hang out the bros drinking on piss. Okay, I'm gonna say that like if what I said sounded like nonsense, the film, of course it does. <laughs> of course it does this Jane? Film, the film doesn't entirely hold. It your kind of turns into a worm in one of them. Like a lot of this, the film doesn't hold your hand for it. It doesn't just expressly just dump all this information in front of you. There are conversations you have to listen to, and like especially Oscar Isaac really does well with the material because he's he's sort of having these conversations where you have to read between the lines as to what's happening. I think the scene that probably will throw most people, and there were like a lot of people like whispering and chatting away at this, was when they actually get down to the planet and they see how the spice manufacturing has been decimated by firstly the war and then also by a lot of the people that were responsible for it just fucking cutting tail and running. And he's like made this agreement with the emperor that he's going to restart manufacturing and ask what the expectation is. And the emperor's given him all this information he's agreed to and he gets down there and it's like, we can't do any of this shit that we said we were going to do like none of the stuff we need is here like even the they have these giant sandwalker things
1: do they think of trying to seize the means of production yes he's yes. trying to seize
0: the means of production no they should like, have got down
1: this, this is way too much they've got lo- not enough oversight on this job
0: it's really good though I really liked this and I didn't expect to
1: Yeah, but how do we turn it into a Saturday morning cartoon with toys?
0: I wanted to get into this, and then I was worried that it was going to be impenetrable to anyone who hadn't read any of the novels. But I followed it along fine. You didn't watch the TV series? No. I followed it along fine. I I was into it. Some of the fucking visuals in this are are just insane. Like, the buildings on the planet are like, everything's cut into like the fucking stone. So, you've got the sandworms, right? So they set up bases on like the rock surfaces so that they can't, mm. the sandworms can't get them. And the fucking, the offices they have are just like slate. It's like just fucking cut into rock. Mm. And everyone walking around the room, you can like, the sound design is so dry. I
1: remember loads of people
0: used to always rip on David Lynch's
1: designs yeah. that he had in that original Dune, but the, that's Dune. That's it's like the, yeah.
0: everything looks fucking weird in Dune. Like the, um, the sandwalkers, these giant machines. It was Sting in the original <laughs> He was Bull, not... wasn't he? No. He no, no, oh, sorry, him. no, he was one of the bad guy's nephews. Oh, he was like one of the bad guy's Twin nephews. Twin Peaks was, um, old, old Twin Peaks was. Oh, yeah, uh, call. what's his name? Uh, Thingy. Uh, something, Muck something.
1: Yeah, him.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's really good though really really good I think that you'll probably appreciate this a lot more than I do because you're into more Star Wars and nerdy stuff than I am
1: Karl McLaughlin was poor tradies McLaughlin, yeah. I'm trying to remember his name yeah,
0: you, you're more into this side of things and I think that this is the kind of film that is um, is going to really benefit from like a from a 4k like you'll have to sit down and focus on what's happening and watch and listen to the conversations it, just a little bit more intently than you would in a film where it sort of, yeah holds your hand a little bit more and I think that that's a smart decision on Danny Velenu or Vene <laughs> Venedu oh, I don't know man you and your Venezuela see. I think it's I think it's a smart decision just to fucking go for it you know any other director wouldn't be able to do this and he's just gone for it. And also Dave Batista's fucking great in this.
1: Yeah, girl, Batista. He
0: uh he plays the he plays like the the um Baron's son, and he's just fucking crazy. No, crazy. he's
1: a crazy cat. Beast Rabban yeah. and and and
0: one of the things I keep finding more and more endearing things about Dave Batista.
1: Played, find out he played Sting's character.
0: <laughs> I keep I keep finding that Dave Batista is is like such an endearing human being. Hmm. Like I find stuff like his social. He he's got social anxiety, and he he like he finds it difficult to just like, like some of the interactions he has with people are just so like subdued and just like yeah I just I you know but like he talks about like being cast in stuff like this. And one of the interviews, he was like, he was like, I, I didn't get cast in a lot of like serious stuff, and then I got Blade Runner twenty forty nine, and like some more serious calls came in, but I was still getting like those comedy things and stuff like that. Yeah. And then I get the call for Dune, and I'm playing this character, and it's not just that I'm physically imposing. He also trusts my acting skill, and I'm so happy that I found a director that trusts me. And I was just like, you know what? Like looking at this cast and looking at the people he's assembled, you do have like, like people like Josh Brolin, Oscar Isaacs, like people that are top of their game, like really good actors. And then you've got like Dave Bautista, Stellan Skarsgård plays his dad. This fucking horribly deformed monster person, and he is chewing the scenery like a fucking termite in a fucking Victorian house. And Dave Batista's son, and it's made Dave, spice. <laughs> and Dave Batista's there next to him, and like you don't feel like Dave Batista is out of place. very yeah, decent
1: actor. He, he is. took he's a lot of really, acting lessons. He yeah. wanted to make sure he's good. He's like people really good don't like quite give him enough credit for how he plays, um, frigging thingy in Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, Drax. Yeah. Like, I... uh, his, 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 uh, his, like, intonations and the way he uses his words in that is, like, the, this
0: very difficult... His timing as well. comedy yeah. timing is great in that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it will not go over my head. <laughs> we'll catch it. But he, like, he embraces, like, it's weird how much he embraces not only his own shortcomings, but also how people perceive him. Like he's mm. very aware of things, like the whole autism community being behind Drax as a character, mm. and the way that he communicates, and the way that he reads into things, and not like the Good Doctor, which is a bad TV program Can that is bad. But have you finished watching No, I've yet? got. I'm on season three, season four. Oh, has it been now. going on? For it's still going, two- still going. I thought it was their first series. No, it's still going. Oh my god, I'm three seasons in, mate. Um, but yeah, like Dave Batista, he really does embrace his fans, and he embraces like. And it's just it, I I'm really enjoying seeing him in more and more stuff. But Dune, it is was that great. time
1: he grabbed Ray Mysterio and strapped him to a um, like a stretcher gurney, yeah. and then slammed him into a um, turnbuckle post. That was quite good. Well, that was fantastic.
0: I liked it when Camille Nanujani turned up to one of his interviews and was like, "So when we left, he gave everyone like these personalized like Dave Batista made everyone a personalized goodie bag, yeah. with stuff they'll like." And gave it to everyone, and like I think that was on the set of Stuber, which is Mm. just like that Netflix movie to most people. And then um, Camille turned up with like a special lunchbox that he he, because he collects lunchboxes, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Dave Batista. So Camille turned up with his lunchbox that he didn't have, and Dave Batista's looking at. He's like, he's like. Thanks man. Like he's like <laughs> genuinely looks like he's going to cry <laughs> cuz he got given and I thought that was so sweet. Like they he is just a genuinely nice guy it seems. And I like seeing him and stuff. He was really good in um, that hotel whatever it was. You know the one where he's like a bodyguard with uh, Jodie Foster. No, uh, maybe I don't know. Um I don't know what Jody Foster does nowadays. Anyway, but yeah. Um she defends Mel Gibson a lot of the time. Yeah. Um but yeah, uh, June, it it fucking spectacular I really did not expect it I'm going to give it a Tom Atkins it is didn't you say last time you had a new perfect
1: score thing Tom Atkins yeah you, last time you shocked the world with a new new top score did I? yeah I think so I
0: don't I remember I can't remember was it Dylan O'Brien <laughs> yeah sure <laughs> Star of Love and Monsters my, I watched Jim, Jim again Jim Davidson <laughs> Jim Davidson
2: oh god
0: no, that could be my new, that could be my new worst score ever. Should I make Jim Davidson my new worst score ever? Yeah, Jim Davidson can be like... <laughs> do you worst. see him
1: trying to stall out an interview and going down the wrong, to a dead
0: end? <laughs> did you good. see, did you see that fucking dumb cunt on talk radio? It was like, it was like, you can't grow concrete on trees. Yes, you can. What? Silence for like 30 seconds. <laughs> did you not see that? no we'll have to watch that in a second it's fucking hilarious anyway this has been Crit Apocalypse episode 172 as always you've been Ant I've been Matt you can find Ant at Mel Gaming on YouTube and you can find him at uh, LV54 Space Monkey on uh, Twitter Uh, Ant's Bot extravaganza (laughs) Ant's Bot Collection on YouTube Jesus Christ and also Reacting Sentai No you can't find
1: Reacting Sentai the Ranger. is it done? No, I got to. sorry how copyright struck me to hell. Oh, really? Yeah, they they
0: struck the videos down.
1: The channel Jeez. got deleted. Oh, yeah. I've got like twenty. I've got like ten, twelve videos recorded with Kevin. Just can't do anything with them. You can find me what at Chris it? Apocalypse on be...
0: YouTube and everywhere else, including Xbox. And... I put out that That's review
1: it. of Power Rangers, man. <laughs> I might, I might put that on them. Um... Just
0: put it up. Don't put it on Meta Gaming. Yeah, put it up and don't monetize it, and they
1: fucking can't do anything. Because we recorded that on a fucking, like, a Blackmagic camera. We used used the film production camera to record a YouTube interview (laughs) review for our channel with 200 subscribers. We used a 4K Blackmagic camera to record a review of Power Rangers, of three episodes of Power Rangers.
0: And you guys don't watch them.
1: That budget, if we include that camera's budget... That episode cost like thousands of pounds.
0: (laughs) (laughs) With a directional
1: mic, (laughs) Jesus, lights. I'm not kidding. We had lights. Like we had like multiple lights. So we professionally shot that episode.
0: Just put it on Melogame. And
1: Toei struck the other videos down.
0: Like, if you just put them up on Melogame and you don't monetize them, they can't yeah. copyright strike them, can they? And get a hell, the of them bastards. Yeah. Alright, uh, that's been episode 172. We'll see you in two weeks. Remember, have a spooky Halloween today, right now, right the second we're recording this, mm. before you'll hear it. Um, and as always, Boris Johnson, I'm going to say doesn't fuck the kids. He fucks all the kids. Alright? Bye, everyone. <laughs> Bye, bye everyone Bye Can I hit we'll stop now. You. Everyone now Shin fucking... Megami Tensei Comes out in 12 days What Shin Megami Tensei 5 Comes out in 5 Is in it in 12 days You yeah. sure Yeah
1: It's not coming out Next year or some shit No
0: I pre-ordered it <laughs> Anyway bye Bye